Right. So uh, it is 1.05 p.m. Uh, March 4th at uh, 2021. <laughs> 2021. Uh, uh, welcome to the MoFo Podcast. I'm your host, Moise Batiste, where we bring uh, uh, people that uh, we, I believe, is doing big things, people that I can learn from, grow, that people I've grown from. People I've had a chance to battle on the uh, on the gridiron with, um, which is who we're starting with with the memories from Moon um, series. Um, I got another special guest for you all. Uh, I just want to give him his proper introduction because uh, me and my next guest not only go uh, uh, back on the field but off the field, <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, we're gonna get into uh, uh, the, the, our coaching days, but. Uh, um, he is top 10 all time in Russian Robert Morris University history. Um, he uh, is uh, average 5.6 yards per carry, which means he was a, 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 a literally a walking first down every time he touched the ball. Uh, uh, when he ran 100 yards with uh, his other uh, tag team partner, Archie Wanamaker, um, I think, I, I don't know if we even lost a game whenever you two uh, 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 rushed for 100 yards. It was always a beautiful sight to see, especially on defense, because we knew if Archie and Ralph ran for 100 yards, that's going to make an easier, fun game for us on defense. And so uh, it was cool to compliment, you know, how we compliment each other. So, and one of the best route running running backs I've ever seen, let me say that, I'm going to stress that, one of the best you know, he got a lot of people. He, he almost got your boy in practice for a time. Oh, oh, oh come on, you man. Got you, got, you, you got me? You got hey, me? Hey, 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 I, hey, Mo. I, I, I don't want to interrupt, <laughs> brother. But you know, you know, you know darn well. I told you, I told you all from day one. It ain't a linebacker on this planet that's going to cover me. I, I hear you, brother. I, 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 I tell you, I would love to oh, That's what film is for. And Lord knows I wish. And there weren't too many people that that, that got the ball on me. Uh, uh, so, but, but I, hey, if it was somebody, it was you. I, I, I would either. I don't remember it. It ain't, it ain't the concussions either. But I don't remember it. But it's possible. I'm gonna say that. But I'm gonna give say it again. The best route running running back I've ever seen. Uh, uh, currently, and this is what I'm most excited about. He is currently the head coach, and the fact that he gets to replicate um, what was done his freshman year coming into college and be the part of starting a brand new football program at the collegiate level. That's rare, rare, rare uh, uh, space and place uh, to be selected as the inaugural head coach for a program. Ladies and gentlemen, head coach for Avin, let me say it right, man, Alvarinia. Did I say that Alvernia. right? Alvernia. Alvernia, excuse me. Alvernia University. Shout out, respect to Alvernia uh, University. I promise to buy a t-shirt. Head coach Ralph Clark, what's going on, my brother? What's going on, bro, man? Hey, let me tell you something. Before we get into this, man, let me tell you something. This is, y'all, I, I, I don't know if anybody said this on you, but I've been listening. This is Dr. Mo <laughs> And I'm going to say, and I say your name, your last name right. Cause we go, we go back to, to Moon Township, and I remember spending time with you and KP, and we we had our conversations. We can get into we can get into a little bit of that later, but I don't know if you remember we talked about man being Haitian is so beautiful. We 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 can cuss you out with a smile. You remember that conversation? 
That vaguely sounds familiar. That sounds like something I would definitely say. So, yeah. <laughs> so hey man, it, it's 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 a pleasure to, to spend some time with you, my brother. Is you know, like I say, like you said, we go back, man, back into PG, my, my home. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and we go back to Moon Township, man. And um, you've been one of the guys that I love to follow. Um, even if we don't speak on the phone or what have you, we, you know, to, you know, we, I look at all my brothers from, from, from RMC, RMU now, and, and, and I, I look at you guys like that. We brothers, brothers for life because of what we did together, what we started and what we created, um, would never be duplicated. So, you know, love you, brother. Hey, love you too, man. And uh, I, I, I look forward to us getting into, uh, 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 you know, all the different connections, especially uh, when we get into the DC DMV uh, uh, section of uh, when I was there and, and <laughs> what we was able to do together. But uh, yeah, man, thank you for that, man. I, I do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, let, let's go ahead and jump in right from the beginning, man. So you are from and then another uh, one of the many players from the DMV area. Shout out to the DMV. That's a DC, Washington, DC, Maryland, Virginia, uh, uh, metropolitan area. And uh, we always have people, you know, we, we had Dante Settles and some other guys that look forward to interviewing, describing their experience in the DMV. So how was it growing up in the DMV for you? And, and, and what did it mean to grow up in that part of the country? Man, let me tell you something, man. Like, and you might be able to relate to this, but I, I think the DMV, man, is, is unlike any other place on the planet, and any other place that I've visited, really. Um, because I think as a kid growing up, you know, as a young black male, you don't realize that you're a minority. Um, you get to be around people that look like you, and not just people that look like you, you get to see all walks of life, you get to see successful people like you. Um, you know, and, and and as I left the DMV, man, I really got to see like, wow, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, it, it's different out here. Um, and my, my experience, my DMV experience is also different than a lot of guys, man. Um, it, it, a lot of people don't know. I'm from Southeast originally, like born. I was I was born in DC Journal. Hospital doesn't even exist anymore. And I'm from Southeast, but I spent most of my time growing up in Seat Pleasant, Seat Pleasant, Maryland, which ain't too much different. <laughs> okay, shout out to Seat Pleasant. All right, PG County. As a teenager, I moved uh, to wrestling. So moms, you know, we moving on up like the Jeffersons. My mother worked three jobs to make sure that she had, you know, that, you know, that I didn't have to struggle like a lot of other people from where we from, you know. Um, and I saw a lot of things, that, you know, to the point where when I went to when I went to elementary school, I started school. You got to think about how different times are, man. I would leave our, our apartment building, which was on B Street and Benton Road. That's the hood, okay? At five, six years old, I would walk down in the morning to the bus stop by myself and get on Metro to go to Our Lady Queen of Peace. You know, my mother sent me to private school. I didn't go to the I didn't go to the neighborhood school. My mother sent me to private school because she's always been about that, you know, giving me that extra edge. But I'm not into what everybody thinks about that. But just my mother was always trying to set me up for success. So that experience was a little different. And then when, you know, I, I moved in with my grandmother for a long period of time. And, and I went to I, I went to PG County Public School. Um, shout out to <laughs> shout out to PG, Seat Pleasant, Glen Willow, uh, old Martin Luther King, uh, with George Palmer Highway back then. But then 
you know, when I got into that high school age, we moved to Reston, Virginia. That's the suburbs, man. That was culture shock. Um, culture shock. And but I will tell you, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And you used to say this to me all the time. Remember, when we was living in P. You say, man, you got to expand your mind, right? <laughs> and it really, it really having that experience opened up my mind because I was able to see different people. And, and just from a cultural standpoint, man, you know, growing up in an all-black neighborhood, going to black schools, like the only only white people I saw was the nuns and the priests. And so to me, that's what you know. And, and I played for all 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 black sports organization, Peppermill, Peppermill Boys Club, okay? And, you know, we might play against a team that had white kids, but we, I, we never experienced that. And so moving out there, it really opened my mind up and, and made me see that, you know, there's good people, there's bad people, period, period, man. And and my mother also had this, 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 this saying, and my mom, like I said, she always wanted what was best for me and she always wanted me to be a thinker and she put the academics first. And she said, baby, you know, to be in the conversation, you gotta be in the room, you know? And I say that, I said that in college. <laughs> I know I, you, probably, you probably heard me say that in college. And I've said it today to my players, like to be, to be in the conversation, you gotta be in the room. So you gotta expand your mind. You gotta, you gotta kind of throw down that wall, observe and listen and be in the room. So my D, you know, I really had a DMV experience growing up. I, I'm from DC. I grew up mostly in Maryland and I, I still claim PG. I claim C Pleasant to the day that I die. Man. That's 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 who made me who I am, C Pleasant. And then I, I, I matured and, and and developed a lot in, in Fairfax County and rest. And then when I graduated high school, man, Fairfax County was the number one county academically in the country. And so I had a great academic, you know, I had an eight great academic background and I was well prepared. You know, um, and I wasn't a great student. I didn't, you know, <laughs> look, I didn't. I yeah, didn't, we going to get into that. We, yeah, we, I didn't we become a student until grad school, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. We going to talk about that. We going to get into that, man. So what, what was your introduction to organized sports? Oh, man. So see Pleasant. OK, you know, my single mom, I spent most of my time at my grandmother's house and I'm, I'm my mother's only child. So but I, I grew up in a great neighborhood, man. beautiful neighborhood. Um, where back in, you don't have it anymore where the neighborhood raised the kids. So like if I if I did something, look, my my, my neighbors, our neighbors was gonna whip my tail. Then they was gonna tell my grandmother and she was gonna whip my tail. And then my mother would find out my mother was gonna whip my tail. And we, you know, we I could I, I mean I we the Bullocks, the Hills, you know, um the McCoys, you know, all you know, the people, the Robinsons, everybody, you know, we we grew up in a great neighborhood, man. And, and we loved and it was a black neighborhood and it was, it was love. You know, um, so and I'm losing track of what I'm what I'm what I'm getting at right now. But it, it was just a fantastic neighborhood. man. And so playing football started because I used to play by my, I used to have to play by myself in the yard. Um, I had fantastic athletes as uncles. So my uncles were known. My, my, my big uncle was really like my brother, my uncle Gordon, and he was well known. And he was he was fly, man. If you don't remember Jordan's jeans and with the crease and he was just flying. He was a basketball player. So I really first picked up basketball um, and because everybody looked up to my uncle, you know, um, for basketball. And then, you know, I would be playing catch by myself. So I would have to throw the ball and then I got to go run and catch it too. And then Eric White, um, shout out to the Whites, down, they were down the block. He comes up to me one day and I was, me and his nephew, um, Eric, um, 
were real good friends. And he, they were going to practice over at Pepper Mill. He said, hey, man, you want to play football? And ain't nobody talked to my mother or nothing, but this or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, I'm just going to go to a park and we're going to play football because that's where my mom was at that time. And we ended up at Pepper Mill Boys Club at the rec. Um, and I think we practiced at Comedy Hills at that point. It was elementary school back in the neighborhood. And I'm at football practice. And next thing you know, like, we come home. I got the paperwork. And I need my mother to sign. But... It, you know, my grandmother ended up signing. And, and back then, it cost like $20, $25 to play. You got all your equipment. It's probably 200 something now. But it was $25 to play. My grandmother gave me that money. We didn't have a lot of money. And my mother hated it. My mother, to this day, hates football, bro. You don't understand how much of a struggle it was to, to keep me on. My <laughs> first year of football, I was a quarterback. Right. And my mother, I'll never forget this story, bro. And I came home from school one day. And you know how you used to get spelling words and you had the spelling test at the end of the week? This is Monday, man. So you had just got these words in school. I might have been home for 15 minutes. My mother pulls out the book and she say, she goes through the words. You can't spell these words. I'm taking you out of football. And that was the end of football my first year after like two, three games, man. I was so crushed. Like my mom's used to try to do anything not to pl let me play, but then you know time went on and I, and I played a little bit. But that's how I got introduced to organized football. And then, but my mom's made still some stories of my mom because y'all you met my mom before. Like, my mom's is a trip, and <laughs> she would be yelling like, "My son haven't come off the field. These other kids haven't played. Get my son out." So I would try to. I'd be like, "Coach, can I go to the other side of the field?" Like what? A, like I would be just, like hiding. And my, my aunt and my godmother would be like, that's a good thing. Shut up, shut up, shut up, or whatever. And they stopped inviting me. They stopped telling my mother when the games were coaches just come to my house and pick me up, man, so they ain't have to deal with my moms in the stands. But that's how I got introduced to organized football. It's, it's on a whim. Like, my, my neighborhood put it on. Man, bro, you overcame some serious odds to play the game, boy, because I, 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 you know, my, my mom came, my parents came to one game in my career. And, and I'm glad it was the last game of my high school career. I was more scared, like like your mom. I was, I was worried that my mom was gonna be like, oh, hell no. But she jumped up like, I understand the game. She don't speak English, but she figured out the game after one time. And, and that was, I was happy about that. But you you overcame a whole lot of odds to play the game, man. Hey, Mo, let me tell you yeah. something though, man. Yeah. So my mom, my mom hated football. But I didn't. I don't think I even understood the gravity of this until I was an adult, for real. Or, or at least I was probably the latter part of college. I probably got it. Let me tell you something, man. I, I, I thought I never thought my mother came to my high school game. Remember, I told you my mom worked multiple jobs. Even when we moved to the suburbs, my mom worked multiple jobs. So other parents are involved in the program. My mother was never involved. So my mother, I remember coming off the field like at halftime one night. So my mom worked the night. So my mom would work 4 p.m. to 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning at her job, at her at her main job. And she had a job that she worked and she went to in the morning, too. And I saw out the corner of my eye, my mother was walking. She was leaving. Dog, do you understand, like, when I was in college, it had just dawned on me, like, your mother been coming to all your games. The times you never thought that she was supporting you. She was quiet. She never said nothing about it. And I remember looking out the corner of my eye, my mother was leaving the stadium. And I was like, what's she doing here? And then... So, you know, so, and then in college, my first two, three years, maybe three years through my junior year, my mother never missed a game. I don't know if you remember, we played at Dayton. My mother drove from D.C. to Dayton, Ohio. 
to watch us play. So she might not have liked it. She might not like it to this day. My son is a ball player. She hates it. But let me tell you, my mama loved her child. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that, it, yes, it, 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 it's, it's terrible. It's overcoming obstacles, but it's dope. And, and and my mother got to see me. She wasn't here on the press conference, but my mother got to see me coach my first game as a head coach and win. So oh, mama loved her baby. That's <laughs> so dope. And I can't. That's right. I can't wait to dive into uh, uh, what you're doing right now, man. So, but yeah, so you started off, you said, uh, 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 the, the, the local uh, little league team. What position did you play in? Were you good? I was a quarterback. Look, look, hey, you might not. I had, I had a cannon, bro. And what happened to me, I was a quarterback. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I was a quarterback. So, you know, you got to remember, man, you're talking about the 70s, 80s. So, in my black neighborhood, being a black quarterback was good. But um, and I was good, and I was always a quarterback growing up. And I played, I played DB too, um, at, in little league. And then I moved to the suburbs, and I was, I was athletic quarterback. But bruh, the, hey, let's put you out at receiver. Let's put you at running back. Say it, bro. Yeah, say it, speak it, yeah, claim it, and name it. That's what it was. Yeah, and then and then what happened was I was still good, but then they they moved my freshman year of high school. They moved me to running back, and and and, and, it, and now it didn't help that I, I was short, man. Everybody grew, and I stopped. I, I stopped. I, I didn't grow. <laughs> so I was short, right? You know, so I played running back. I played receiver, man. Um, and and that happened like at the high school age, and and. I kind of took the running back at the skill position on all, and I never, I never really looked back. Yeah, but but here's the deal, Mo. If you don't remember, I mean, I'm sure the other guys. I'm the I'm the only running back to throw a touchdown pass. I was at that when we was in school. Whenever we ran gadget plays, I would if the ball had to be thrown by anybody but the quarterback, I was in. Okay, okay. See, oh, I no, didn't know that. Remember that or not? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> what, what, what game? Just so oh, man, we ran. Coach, Coach, Coach Walton would call. We had, so you didn't play offense. So you wasn't in. So Coach Walton had our game plan every week. And he goes, now here's our gadget play. Hey, hey you know, he put the IE on everybody's name. Ralphie, come on in here. <laughs> Ride 38 pass. You know. <laughs> hey, hey, eight, who is it? 18 toss crack throwback. Whatever, whatever it was. It was, you know, it was the flea flicker. It was always like, all right, if, if it's a gadget play, Clock gonna throw the ball, <laughs> you know. Um, so that was that was my that was my get off of still being somewhat of a quarterback. But I, I never played quarterback past like like freshman year in high school. Man. Okay, so now I, I you know, now I'm, I'm gonna say this as it relates to uh, by position. I, I think that. Anybody with some common sense know that the running back position is probably, first of all, have the lowest uh, uh, lifespan uh, um, in, in the NFL um, and probably college as well. Um, it takes a certain mentality to play the sport, I mean, to play that position. Uh, um, so when you made that transition from quarterback to running back, what were some of the things as far as mentally? Because physically, you expect the pounding, but I'm, I'm interested in the mental aspect of, of taking hits and running through the hole and, and et cetera. What, what, what was your mindset initially? And, and, and yeah. I never worry about that, man. Like, I, I, I honestly didn't. Bro. Like, um, my favorite football player of all time is Sweet. And to, so nobody in the world can tell me, hey, look, my son's middle name is Peyton, my, my firstborn. You feel me? 
So can't nobody in the world, I don't care who played the game, nobody in this world is ever going to tell me that Walter Payton is not the greatest athlete football player of all time, period. So when I, when I, you know, when even when I played quarterback, you know, I would, I don't know if you remember that, I wore kangaroos. I didn't know, I didn't know that. I hey, didn't know that. Hey, hey, even, I even had kangaroo tennis shoes and people, people, you go back to that, kangaroos had the little zipper where you, I would put my lunch money in the little zipper, <laughs> zipper right, part, right, man. Right, but right, kangaroos yeah. is because Walter Payton. So I never really, you know, my mindset was just, look, I want to score. Whatever it is, I, I want to score. I don't care how it got to be done. And, you know, I was never a power back. You know, that that wasn't my deal. I think you would probably call me a slasher. Like, I never, you know, I don't think outside of Ty Ali hitting me in practice, like catching me on a spin move in practice one day, I don't think you ever saw me take a hit. Not that I avoided, like that, but I, I just knew how to turn and twist my body so that I would never really take a major hit, you know. And, and, I, and I didn't run out of bounds either. It was just about, you know, finding a way to contort the, my body and move and see things before they happen, man. So, and, and I'm not talking like I was some great running back or whatever, but... No, 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 no. You, you, I, everything you're saying is exactly right. I think that also was in line with why you were such a good route runner was setting up the linebacker or the defensive back uh, when coming out the backfield. You knew I'm actually looking at, like, for example, the flyer uh, that I made for you and looking at your right ankle. Uh, uh, it's against Wagner. It's your right ankle is planted and you're almost about to deliver a, 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 a stiff arm to, to number five whatever this number guy is but the point is you got the lean you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying exactly what you said contorting your body to not absorb the full blunt of the uh, of the hit but also with not being you know not being afraid and not just run out of bounds so i you know like an eric Dick, dickerson type you know is, yeah. is what i would say you know say minus the, the, the knees didn't get as high but that that slash i wasn't as fast either bro <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we know yeah. his world class speed set him apart. But yeah, same running style. But, yeah. So high school, no, let's get into academics, bro. How are you academically starting out in, in, in K, you know, K, you know, elementary school, middle school, and then I guess high school too? Mm, man, so I was an honor roll student, like growing up, like a little kid, like an elementary school kid. I was in the school. I was in the, like, that was my deal. Like, I, same way that we, we competed in the football, like I had friends in school, like we competed, like who's who's the smartest, who's the best reader, who got the best grade. Like that's what my friend, and, and so, and that's one of the things where when you come from an inner city or, or minority community, people don't talk about that. Like we used to compete about that, you know, and, and who, we wanted the good grades. Me, we wanted to, you know, my, my best friend growing up was guy Damon Owens. He played uh, basketball at West Virginia. So, and me and Damon, so you know that Robert Morris wasn't that far, but me and Damon was like best friends. And we can we always talk about like all right we in the best reading group all right who well, how are we gonna do on this test and it's funny because we always ended up in the same class too but so we competed on that stuff but bro like when I became a teenager let's let's put it out there bro I was a dark skinned kid right so we wasn't in style <laughs> like girls didn't like talk to to me like that. But by, right around 13, 14 years old, I started to smell myself a little bit. I was like, hold up, girls, girls like me. <laughs> and so I kind of fell off the academic side and got it. And, and look, I wasn't ever no thug or nothing like that. But I started falling in with the guys that I thought was cool. You know, like these guys skip school. These guys, these guys don't don't really focus on the academic part. I'm gonna be an athlete and I'm gonna be a cool, 
cool cat. And so I was never, I was never really at heart. I was never a bad kid. Um, and I, and you know, so I wasn't great when it came to, especially like my freshman year of high school and just really coming into my own and smelling myself. Probably not until my senior year of high school did I really excel, you know, as a, as a student. And I was, and, I, and I'm gonna give another shout out, Mr. Harris. I took uh, AP, AP English, 12 hit English. Mr. Harris was one of the hardest teachers, but I loved his class. And he ran it like a, this man never picked up a book or read from a book. This man taught that he would lecture the whole time. You had to take notes. And then you would, you, you would have a pop quiz. And so, so it was like being in a college environment. And I loved it, man. And, it, and that, that one class really prepared me for what being a student was going to be like in college. College is hard to a lot of people. And, I, and I'm going to be honest with you. I can tell you on one hand the number of times I went to the library at Robert Morris. Bro. I ain't spent much time. But I was the type of guy, like, if I, if I went to class, I was going to be okay. Because if I heard it, I could retain it. If I could see it, I got it. And so a lot of papers that I wrote, bro, it was just off of raw memory. Or taking tests, it was out of raw memory and, and, and being able to excel that way. Um, so as a student, man, I was just okay. Um, school wasn't really my thing. You know, I was, unless I really loved the class, I can think about like being in college. Like when I got into classes within my major, which was another thing, I picked the wrong major, but like I got into like uh, organizational behavior, things like that. When I'm, when you, when it came to dealing with people, I was really into that stuff, man. And I was into the class. So um, I did what I had to do to, to be successful, but you know, I, I became a better student later on. I became a better student later on. I know, hey, look, I'll tell you right this. Eligibility was never in jeopardy with me. Because uh, hey. I was, you know, and I, and I think and Dave Harper would probably tell you, he's the AD at Duquesne right now. He'd probably tell you, like, look, if it was somebody a lot of, in early years, a lot of times they was like, hey, guys that was in academic trouble, they're like, hey, why don't you go spend some time with Ralph? It's like, nah, coach, they can't do what I do. Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not necessarily doing it right. I just, I'm just sometimes, I'm, 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 I, I got certain gifts that God gave me. That if I, I first of all I took my butt to class, and, and that allowed me to be successful. Which is a lot of times what I tell these kids today is like, look, being a good student is just doing what's right half the time. If you go to class, it's hard to fail. Like you got to work at failing. You got to put effort into failing. So I don't understand failing. You know? Yeah. Let, let's talk about that, man. Because you know, I, 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 and. and at being an educator for 22 years and um, the collegiate level, K-12, around athletics, I'm, I, I mentioned this probably in every single episode. I never understood guys who say they love ball but couldn't do the bare minimum. Wouldn't, hey. excuse, me, excuse me, excuse me, not couldn't, excuse me. Wouldn't do the bare minimum, not leaning on social capital, knowing that the privilege that come with being an athlete if you work with people, they will work with you. You have the instant social capital in your hands and you don't know how to use it. Bro, oh. bro like that, that's what, you know, I've read something today. It's like, man, how do we define love? <laughs> you know, because I ask recruits that all the time. Do you, do you love football? Because if you love it, you got to do everything to come with it. And the first thing is talking about the classroom. If you, you can't love this, if you're not going to put in the work that's needed to make sure that it's not taken away from you. And let me tell you about something else. Because most kids are paying somewhere, unless you're at a, a Division One school and you're fortunate enough to have a full ride, you're paying to go to school. 
And don't tell me about that that financial aid package that you didn't read that got a loan in it that you don't understand you got to pay back later, right? You're paying for school one way or another. Preach, coach. Preach, coach. Said it. So, Repeat that part, coach. Because some people act like, oh, we're on full scholarship. They telling people they on full scholarship. Read your financial aid package. Get educated on financial aid. Complete your FAFSA. And this is something that I go through with every single recruit. You know, understand. I go line by line. What what's free money, a grant, or a scholarship? And what is a loan? Okay, what's out of pocket? And then I break down how you actually pay. You know, I I got this line, and I always say, hey, you, it's okay to come out of school with a car note. Don't you dare come out of school with a mortgage. All right. But but moving on, man. Let me tell you something. It's two things. One, I'm afraid of failure. Like this, you know, we can fear death or whatever, all of that stuff. But I'm afraid of failing. That's that's number one. And then number two, I was afraid of letting my mama down. Um because my mother didn't get to finish college. So that was, you know, I was never gonna have an issue with my classes once I got to college. I was never gonna have an issue with my grades because to ultimately, outside of being proud of myself, I was gonna make my mama proud. So anything that she didn't get to do, she didn't get to finish college and all of that stuff or chose not to, whatever it is, you know, I was gonna make my mama proud. That's number one. And and I was gonna be, and I was gonna be successful because I can't fail. And so honestly, I took, like I told you, I wasn't a great student in high school. Man, I was like Dean's List my first semester in college. I didn't miss not one class. Man, let me tell you something, man. That's my best, my favorite Christmas ever. You know why? We didn't have a whole lot of money. I came home, my mama saw them grades. She's like, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want. I heard that. <laughs> hey, I went I went to school with it. Hey, look, I went to school with a brand new wardrobe. And, and look, Mo, let's check this out. I went, look, I even got a new bedding. I had Ralph Lauren sheets. <laughs> he said my name, Ralph, and I get to uh, sleep on Ralph. Let me find out. Yeah, hey, bro. Hey, and I ain't lying, bro. <laughs> oh, I believe you. Yeah, the mom that don't care about football, see, with that hard-ass sport playing it and bringing in good grades, yeah, she got to reward you. Yeah, man. Man, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, so, yeah, man. so, so let's get into high school football, man. So you, you making it. The high school football, uh, what high school did you play for? Were y'all good? Were you a starter? When did you hit the field? So I went to South Lakes High School, man, um, in, in Reston, Virginia. And if you if you heard of Grant Hill, you heard of South Lakes. That's Grant Hill, Grant Hill, the basketball. So let me tell you, and, and shout out to Grant, man. And Grant, if you watch this somehow, I know we're friends or whatever. Um, that's my AD calling. But, uh, you know, Grant, Grant is... is Grant career got cut short. Grant was probably one of the, he would have been a top five, top 10 all time had he never got injured or what have you. But, hey, let me um, say that real quick, bro. As an Orlando Magic, you know, from Orlando, knowing that that, that trade that was made, and even though he was hurt, they still took a chance because he was just that good. I think that easily he would have gone down as a top five uh, a small forward of all time, hands down. Hey, bro, and I know we ain't, we not on this, but people don't know. Like, they were thinking, like, especially when Grant came out of Duke, they were like, man, it's the next Jordan. Because Grant could play every position, or, or Magic, because Grant played every position on the floor. And in high school, let me tell you something. I saw Grant come down the floor and dunk on whole teams. And I'm not exaggerating. When I say all five under, basket, under the basket and Grant, you know, was booming on whole teams, I think the world was in shock when they saw the dunk 
in the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah, the alley oop, bro. That that was that was it. But I I was watching Grant do that in high school with alley oop stone from Had Hogan. <laughs> you know, and you guys don't know who that is, but just trust me. Like I went to a basketball like my high school was a dynasty in basketball, man. We went to states every single year that I was in school. The two years before I got there, plus two or three years after I went to there. Um, now we got our butts kicked by, I think it was Allen Iverson in my junior year. But hey, we ain't gonna go into that. But anyway, football wise, man, um, we we were good. We were respect. We respected, you know, a a, a, a competitive program. Um, and I played freshman ball my freshman year. Um, I ended up hurting my knee in basketball my freshman year and I had to you know this is different back in the day I had surgery and I had to wear a big old brace on my knee my sophomore year and I didn't really get any shine with Boston and we had a lot of backs I mean when I talk about like we had a guy like Brian Montague who was a he was getting letters from North Carolina Notre Dame like big time and then Dame, Dame what was Damon's last name Damon Edwards I think was his name um was uh you know he was a big you know bruising back and things like that. so we had a lot of talent we was deep in the backfield so it was hard to get to the field my junior year i actually moved to wide receiver and i started and people might if they were on the first team they'll remember greg bussey who was a tight end um we went to high school together um and greg was, was had moved from quarterback to receiver and then that, by june my sophomore year we went to states we went to the semifinals, and um we got beat by halifax county Funny story here, man. Halifax High School is actually in the state of North Carolina. Um, Halifax County goes from Virginia to North Carolina. But the junior high school was in Virginia, and the field was at the junior high school. So they played in the Virginia playoffs. And, man, we was we, we were good, man. I mean, when I say we were good, man, our O-line had to be like 280-plus across the board. Um, John Pryor was our tight end, and he he was he was an all-state. Um, we had our... Um, we had our, our quarterback was really good. One, I mean, his whole family was quarterbacks for like 20 years at our high school. And then, um, cause he had like 10 brothers, but, um, we were real good, man. And we lost in the state semifinal to Halifax County. And we had a squad coming back. Like, so for my, my junior year, and then let's go back to academics. We had like 20 to 30 guys come up ineligible. And so we was like the number two ranked school in the state of Virginia coming back in, in division six. Um, coming back, and then we lost like 30 guys, man. We went like two and eight. And then my senior year, we had lost all our size up front, and they we moved to the power eye, and I moved back to running back. And look, three yards in a cloud of dust. Shout out to Lionel Bailey, Reverend Bailey. He's Reverend now. Um, you know, and, and the guys that were on that team, we ended up going five and five, six and four, something like that, which was a feat for us because we were picked to go dead last. And we were one game away from making the playoffs. So, you know, that was my high school career in a nutshell, man. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So, so I'm, I, this is how I asked everybody, and this is how I worded too. How the hell did you end up at Robert Morris? <laughs> so, and I want you over here. Yeah, and I want to put context. So, Ralph is a part of the original freshman class to come in 1994. You know, Dante told his 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 version of the story and some elements. Uh, looking forward to having people like, you know, Rob, Doc, Dr. Rob Frazier uh, uh, and some, uh, you know, Jake Newman, some Cleary, some of the other guys looking forward to hearing from her from Nate. But 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 how was it reporting the camp? Well, no, how the hell did you end up with Robert Morris? And we'll then we'll get into camp in, in, in that first year. 
Oh man. So believe it or not, so I actually I, I was injured the first four games of my senior year of high school. So I didn't get to play. My first game back was against James Madison High School. It's funny enough, that's where my coaching career started, by the way. <laughs> but uh we played James Madison and Coach Hopper, I think, was there to see Andy Scruggs, who was like an all-state quarterback. Andy actually came to Robert Morrison. He was on the first team, he was a quarterback. But Andy was like all state at Madison. They had a real good team. And that was my first game back. And I think coach saw, coach went there to see Andy. And funny enough, Andy was hurt. So he didn't play that game. And that was my first game back. And nobody really knew. Because remember, I told you I moved the receiver my junior year. And then we switched the offense. So that's my first game back. And, bro, I went off. <laughs> I went off. And next thing you know, I got a letter from Robert Morris and there's a picture of Joe Walton on the front. And I, I knew who Joe Walton was as the, co as the uh, coach of the Jets because Freeman McNeil was like one of my favorite backs in the in the late 80s, okay. in the 80s, you know. I remember him from Tecmo Bowl. Right? So yeah. I, 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 I could correlate and I was like, wow, NFL dude. And then, you know, him and Bad Rad or whatever. So Dave Harper, shout out to Dave Harper for, for finding me. And one of my deals was, I was like, I'm gonna play D1 ball. Um, and they were one of the D1 schools that recruited me as a running back. So the only D1 schools that recruited me as a running back was Towson and, and, and Robert Morris. Everybody else wanted me to switch to like DB, bro. Like, I'm like, bro, I'm 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I don't play DB. <laughs> and so it was, and really for me, it was between going to Towson or going to Robert Morris. And believe it or not, um, you, you might remember this name, Bob, Bobby Beathard's son. Um, recruited me at Towson and I, I, you don't know or you probably know this but our year our senior year of high school was the first year it was uh, of the clearinghouse it was called the eligibility center and so I had good grades but my core GPA I'd never heard the term core GPA before that year I think my core was like a 1.8 but my overall was like a 3.0 or something like that however that works and so <laughs> My senior year, I was chilling, man. I, I had, uh, um, you know, I had it planned. Like, I, I was good. I didn't have any, like, major courses or whatever. I had, like, three or four free blocks or whatever. And, man, my, my head coach, Bob Broman, shout out to him, um, came in talking to me about this 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 clearinghouse, and you're not going to be eligible. Man, I had to pick up physics my senior year, bro. I don't do science. And we had to, I had to pick up physics, and I, I, I spent, you know, and I and I picked up a math because I was like, all right, I got I to gotta find one of these I got to pass, right? And so I ended up in, in physics and then I picked up like calc. And I was like, man, I'll be all right because my man Dave Thomas is in calc and he's real smart. So he'll help me through it. Bro, I spent like, I went to like three calculus classes. I'm like, this ain't it. <laughs> and so I ended up passing. So I was going to make sure I heard you correctly, but I'm going to cut you off. So the clearinghouse started the year before our, our, our senior year? No, it started our senior. That was the first. Because before, remember, before that, you just had to have a 700. On the SAT, yeah, and a two point oh, and then I, and then our senior year, you had to have a seven hundred or so whatever it was, plus a core the GPA. sliding scale, yeah. and so they never had that. Yeah, before. the sliding scale, yeah. So right. so so, bro, when and, and so I, I I'm gonna be honest with you, I lost a lot of opportunities based on just the core GPA deal, um. And the only only D1 schools that was recruiting me was Towson and Robert Morris at that point, um, because everybody else had fallen off um, or wanted me to play DB, you know. And so that's what my options were. And 
at the time I had a cousin that went to Towson and, and I wanted to get away. My mom was strict, man. So I wanted to get as far away from mm. home as possible. And um, so Coropolis, Moon Township, it was, man. And and that's how I ended up, you know, Dave Harper and, and, and a letter from, from, from him and recruiting from him got me to, to Bobby Moe. And let me tell you something, and it's going to seem odd, but it wasn't, it wasn't Joe that got me. It was Bad Rat. Mm, it was Bad hey, Rat. Shoot, let's go ahead and dive into that, brother. Please tell. Well, because here's the deal, and, and, it, and it's, it's going to seem odd. So this, 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 I'm putting some of my business out there, but I, um, I dated this girl Jamie Lanier in high school, and you, you notice that last name Lanier. Mm-hmm. Her father's in the Hall of Fame in football, Willie Lanier. And oh, so, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I dated, I dated Willie Lanier's daughter in high school. Gotcha. And so, and actually, his son recruited me when I was uh, to JMU back in my senior year, um, who was Willie Jr. But I went on my uh, visit, and Bad Rad had a Super Bowl ring somehow. And somehow we got on that Super Bowl and, and talking about Willie Lanier, and I was like, yeah, I, I date his daughter. And Bad Rad used the N word, bro. Oh, wow. So, hey, come on now. Brad Rash said some crazy things. <laughs> and he was talking about how they could, I don't remember where he was or who, what game he was talking about, but he was talking about a game and Willie Nanier and how dominant he was. But, but essentially, that he's like, we double teamed his black ass, basically, but getting down to what he said. And right. I just remember looking at this dude, I'm like, this dude don't have no fear. But I was like, but he's honest. Right. And, and let me tell you something, man. Like, so that would never fly today, first of all. But it was like... <laughs> it's a whole lot of things Rad did and said that would not fly today. <laughs> yeah, man. But, but, but like, I remember, like, well, at least this dude's honest. <laughs> it, it's crazy how that worked, right? But I, Because I was offended, and it was crazy. Another thing, man, you know, you know another funny thing, thing here? I think you know that I'm a huge hip-hop fan. Yeah. On that recruiting visit, this is funny. I stayed at the Holiday Inn, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge hip hop fan. '93, Black Moon had just come out. Mm-hmm. Got the props. Mm-hmm. When I walk into the lobby of the hotel, Black Moon is in the lobby. Oh wow! From, and so Buckshot and like my my mother's not in the hip hop, and I'm like, yo, that's Buckshot. Like that's Foxy Shorty. Like this is like to me, this is. I'm a huge Nas fan, and at that point, right, I was right. a Black Moon fan. Bro, I'm like, and so I don't know how I correlated Black Moon being there to Robert Moore. So, like, that, I was, that was a done deal. I was sold. Like, hmm. Bad Rad being an honest dude, Black Moon being at the airport, and then playing for college, playing for NFL guys, because uh, that's everybody's dream, right. playing the NFL. So, playing playing for NFL coaches, like, I was sold. There was, there's nothing that anybody could tell. Like, I was going to Robert Moore, man. And then the second part of that, like, what was it like to get to campus? Bruh, it had to be like 200 guys that reported to campus at first. Right. Oh, I, it, I know. It was, wow. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Like, I think there was like 30 running backs. And and and, it, it, and, and then, I, bruh, it's my first time, like, being away from home. I, I don't want it to get away from home. I, it, and then my roommate at the time wasn't eligible, which is another wild story. So I had to, so I was by myself in my dorm room. And so, um, like, it was some lonely nights, bro. 
And, and <laughs> I remember thinking, man, how am I going to see the field? It's like 30 of us. And, and Tim wasn't there yet. And so it was just me. And I was like, man, how am I going? I was like, well, I got to study this playbook. And, you know, we ran an NFL offense. Bubby Brister, Bubby Brister was the end of Joe Walton as the offensive coordinator for the Steelers because he couldn't pick up this offense. So, man, <laughs> I spent like, I remember spending like nights, like other guys just playing video games. I was studying the playbook. I was like, man, the only way I'm going to get on the field is if I know what I'm doing. And then I, and, and I'm a huge effort guy. Like, I, I might not be the most talented guy, but, it, you know, I just had the mentality in college. Ain't nobody going to outwork me. Right. Anyway, so I remember, like, in pass routes, I'm diving, catching balls, and um, I don't know if oh, you... Oh, no, you, you, hey, let me say, I mean, let me say this. For your, hey, for, for your players or whoever watching this, Ralph Clark practice hard as hell. <laughs> Ralph Clark practice hard as hell. And, and, and it, it was ingrained in us to do so because Anybody that watched The Last Dance or anything, anybody that watched anything related to Kobe, if it's related to Phil Jackson, you're going to practice very hard because the game is supposed to be easy. The right. game is not supposed to be hard. The game is supposed to be easy. Practice controlled aggression when it's supposed to be for us to be physical. And the rest of the time, we relax in our bodies, working our minds. So Ralph Clark practiced hard as hell. Hey, hey man. Hey, look. Tell me, Mo, you never saw me stressed on a Saturday. Nah, again, never, ever. it's supposed to be easy <laughs> on game day. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I, I, I mean, I were, man, it was, it was crazy. It, and, 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 you know, those guys that came in, we had like 15 quarterbacks. Like, I don't know how Jake got to the top of the, <laughs> the list, but um, he ended up at the top of the list. Rob Frazier was like, to me, I was like, this dude. I remember looking like you a wide receiver? Like the, Rob was a what six five? Six four, six, yeah, six five, four, like, six, five. Yeah. 20, 30, and could yeah. run and was catching things. And I'm like, what is this man? We had we had a transfer tight end. Hey, look, we called him Dookie. I can't even remember Do Do Dorsey. Drew Dorsey. Drew Dorsey. Drew right? Dorsey was the tight end. He was transferred from Pitt. And we I'm like, yo, this is this is we had we had a we had transfers all over the place. We had the Kemper, the Kemper you from Kemper. Yeah, and so Piante Crew was there. So, yeah, somehow I worked my way up to the top. I don't know. And so, P P Piante Dante Payne, me and Dante hit up hit it up on music because we love music and hip hop. Yeah, hip hop. Oh yeah. Piante was all about football, bro. If you ever seen the program and the dude that was like, all you need to know is how to sign an NFL. <laughs> That's Piante Crew right there. Man, oh man. <laughs> I remember just being in shock, like, cause that was the man, like I'm 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 from DC, but I'm I'm more New York like hip hop. Like, yo, what up, son? Like, what up, yo? Or 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 at that time, you know, from the in the DMV, what up, Joe? As right. far as being our lingo. And the guys from 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 like Kemper with Midwest and Southern guys, hey, what up, dog? <laughs> like, and, and you can ask Wes Johnson, whatever. Like we used to, like what is, what are you talking about? Like who are you talking to? <laughs> Outside of getting used to the Pittsburgh lingo, because Pittsburgh was different. <laughs> Pittsburgh had gangs, man. Oh yeah. Pittsburgh had Bloods and Crips, man. I'm used mm. to wearing whatever. I never forget we had Tim Smith took us out one day. We had that off day. Remember you had the siesta night or whatever where you could get off. Mm -hmm. He's like, man, y'all gonna come hang out with me? And I think I was wearing like some blue shorts with a red jacket and a red hat. And Tim Smith was like, bro, you ain't going nowhere with me. Like, that, you better go change. 
and that was my introduction to game. Like, it's like that. Yeah, it's like that. So it was wild, but you know what? It was great because it opened your eyes to different cultures. Like, you know, talking about like you and KP, like I, I Haitian, what's that? You know, right. for real. I never spent time around guys like that. I never spent a lot of time around Southern guys or guys from, you know, we, we had such a good melting pot of guys, you know, and we, we had guys on the team that had never seen black people. Yeah, never, never played with black guys. You know that. Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah. And the way that we were able to put that together, man, especially in year one, man, that's unheard of. And and then Tim Hall came, man. Yeah, and, man. I, you gotta tell that story, dude. Because again, I, I know I can imagine how frustrating that was, but you know, but but year, but, year you, one, and, yeah. and I'm gonna be real with you. Year one, it was frustrating because here's the deal. So like, and, and Piante really took me under his wing because I'm hey Mo, I was killing it. Before Tim got there, like, I was killing him. And then I got hurt. And, and a lot of people might not remember this. I got hurt in the, in, remember we used to do the two inner squad scrimmages. Mm-hmm. And I got hurt in the second inner squad scrimmage. I got turf toe. Anybody had turf toe, you know how hard that is, especially if you're a skill player, to come back from. And Tim had just gotten there a week before. So Tim ain't even know the plays. But Tim, Tim is hands down the best athlete I have ever shared a field with. He's one of the... And I'm going to tell you something, if it wasn't for, I probably shouldn't say this, but John Gruden's ass, he would have been the starting running back for the Oakland Raiders. They brought in, in, in Wheatley, but uh, Napoleon Kaufman had, had, had retired, and Tim was the guy. And then Tim got hurt, and, and Gruden got rid of him, and I hate that, man. I, I, I can't stand the Raiders to this day because of that, man, because Tim was that mm. dude. But Tim came, and, and that week that we got to practice together, me, Tim, uh, P, we were like, man. Us two in the backfield, woo wee! Cause Tim, Tim was big and fast, explosive. He could catch, he could run. You know, um, he could, he would block. He was a willing blocker, and so both of us, and we were both willing blockers. So with both of us, we like, man, can't nobody deal with it. And then I got hurt, and then Tim went off. And you know how Cole Walton is, but I'm, I got a mind. When I got a favorite, I'm gonna run with it. So it was hard. One, it was hard to get back healthy. It's hard to get back on the field. And that first year, it was like. And it wasn't on Tim's part. It was on me and immaturity. Like, there was an animosity because I'm like, damn, like, I'm a good player. And how did this happen? Like, he wasn't here. Now he's here. But let me but let me tell you how good of a dude Tim was. First of all, I was a little dude when I first got there. People might not remember that, too. I was like. I'll go, I'll go ask you about that. Go ahead. Bro, I gained 70 pounds in, in college, man. And, it, 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 and I wasn't fat. I ain't had nothing but. No, no, you were solid, dude. Ain't nobody going to, hey, bro, you were solid as hell. But, Tim, so we reported to camp sophomore year. And I think I put on, in a summer, I put on a good 30 pounds of muscle. So I look like a different dude. And we all got there, and Tim took me in Deotis's little hatchback. Remember the little gray, was a gray Mazda, right? And he said, mm-hmm. man, we're going to fix this. And I, I'm just imagining what he said, we're going to fix this. Um, and he said, hey, he, I remember Tim was like, hey, man, what you want to do? And I was like, look, man, I'm just trying to get an education. I want to and I want to play ball. He's like, look, my mama, I work and I look at my mama work a job that she hates. I just want to make I never forget this conversation. He was in the hatchback and driving. He's like, I got to make it because I don't want my mama to work. And we, we was just having a heart to heart conversation. Let me tell you something, man. I know we went six and four that year and it was it was. It was not a it was not a great year, 
but me and Tim fed off of each other so much. And Tim would get the runs, and, and that's cool. And, you know, I, I never ran the ball more than maybe three times, four times a game when Tim was there, but it was all positive runs now. And then if we were in the backfield together, especially on the third down, who you going to cover? There was a lot of times that I would make plays based on him. And even when we, even when it was a bad play, it would turn out good. If you remember, um, well, you wasn't there yet. We played Duquesne at Duquesne. And we ripped them the fresh, my freshman year. Man, we ran 43 passes, which is probably what we would always do. So it was, it was either going to go to me or Tim, guaranteed. And ball came to me, and I got hit, and it got deflected. Tim caught it and took it to the house. Like, it was just... You know, and you would see us like just with each other. So that that animosity was gone after year one, man. And I appreciate Tim for spending time with me because it did. He didn't have to do that. He could have been like "f you" and "I'm the guy," and he didn't do that, man. Tim was a good dude, and that's why it hurts me to my heart. Rest in peace, Tim Hall, man. Um, to what happened to him, and especially yeah. brought on by somebody he knew, man, that's dirty. So. Love Tim Hall, man. Love what he brought to the university. He put us on the map. We would have never been what we did if it wasn't for Tim Hall. You know, if it wasn't for Tim Hall, Facts, Robert bro. Morris would not be Robert Morris. You know, we have the, we still, we're not in the NEC anymore, but I say we, but because I'm always a clone. But, you know, not in the NEC anymore, but still has the most rings. We won the first, what, four or six in a row? Something like that? Championships. So, Robert yeah, Morris. first be, six in a row, I believe. Yeah, so Robert Morris wouldn't be Robert Morris without Tim Hall and and so shout out to him and shout out to his leadership and he was he was a hum now look Tim was flashy when if he knew you but Tim was a humble dude um Tim was a worker uh, so a lot of the stuff that I did especially when he left or whatever was a reflection of him and I learned how to be a more patient runner watching Tim and so when guys like Archie came along or um Miles Davis came along, even though that was more competition. And they, I think they'll tell you, I had to teach them how to run the ball in our offense and how to, like, hey, man, you can't just hit the hole. Look, hey, here's the cutbacks. Here's how our offense works. You got to, you know, slow to fast through. And shout out to Mike Miller for teaching me how you break the long run. And if you look at Tim, and if, matter of fact, if you look at me my senior year, a lot of the way I hit the hole is Tim Hall-esque. Patient, hit it. Even my junior year, Towson, I went off that that game. That was my first hundred yard mm -hmm. game, really, in college. That was because I understood and I listened to Tim. So, young, you know, you young, if it's a young football player on here, those older guys in the locker room, you better listen, man. Don't be boneheaded. Don't be big headed. I know it's Instagram and all that stuff. It's nice to be cool and look cool on there, but take the advice of the, the older guys. And let me tell you, Archie Wanamaker learn how to run power because he, he, he eventually listened to me. You know, yeah. you keep beating the guard to the point of attack, man. You can't do that. You know, so you know, shout out to yeah. Tim. That had that had a, yeah. that was a huge influence on me. I don't even know if I'm answering what you wanted to answer. No, you did excellent job, man. Hey, shout out again, like you said, to the late great Tim Hall. Uh, uh, no one will disagree. The greatest football player in Robert Moore's history. It ain't no never be would be a duplicated um, a special talent that I never got to see actually with my own eyes because uh, he was always two years ahead of me at Kemper, two years ahead of me at Robert Moore. So, um, and, and I knew, I will say this, I knew that Robert Moore really wanted me because of who my hosts were.
Tim Hall and, and Carl Connell. DC. So they made sure. They made sure. Deep, you know what I'm saying? Too deep. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't wait hey, to have CC hey. on. Too deep, <laughs> yes, lick them low. Too deep, <laughs> lick them low. I was in. I was in there. Yeah, we talked about that too, man. That's hilarious. Like I still got that picture uh, on uh, our junior year. No, was that no our junior yeah. year? It was our junior picture day. Yeah, I still got that picture, which is hilarious. I I was just standing there and CC grabbed me, yo. You were living in love. Picture. I said, I mean, what? <laughs> Indeed. Hey, man, yeah, those, those yeah, were good man. times, so, man. Those were good times, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, time yeah. of my life, man. For sure, and I, man. And I wasn't sure. no partier like some of you, some of the guys out there, but time of my life. Man. Yeah, you know I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, man. So, so, so let's get to uh, when the fun really starts, man. 1996. This is when the team is clicking now. Tim Hall is drafted to the NFL. Um, we're riding a high. Rad is back after mm-hmm. uh, being at NFL Europe, which was a, I know was a big loss because Nate described it. Uh, Dante described it. And all of the defenders uh, uh, talked about, you know, Just Rad not being there. The it was same. a big difference. Yeah, it wasn't Rad. Yeah, man. So let's get to our junior year, man. This is my first year. At Robert Morris, uh, I always say, you know, I, I, Kelly Pierre picks me up at the airport. You know what I'm saying? I report to camp and I can feel the energy. You know, everything that CC told me, like, Mo, if you come, we're going to win a championship. You come. And CC tried to make it seem like I was a missing piece of something, which was excellent recruiting, by the way. Yeah. Uh, him, him and Rad, the way they did that. But you knew, like, I knew once I got on campus, man, I remember going to the cafeteria. And everybody in like in, in you know sitting, I'm, I'm looking around, peeping, looking, and uh, you can just feel it, man. So I know for you, you said like really understanding Walton's system and really having your breakout season when you get to uh, get a lot more carry. So how was it for you coming into camp '96, uh, 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 and and what do you what are some of your fonder memories from from '96? Man, um, I remember coming into camp. And think you like I don't know how it was for you, but it was I think a lot of us like first of all we was pissed off because we went six and forty years, and and there was a sense of like a get back like it's it's time to get down to business because we had a lot of fun, you know, them first two years, but that junior year was like get down to business time, and, and it was competitive. We had some we had some great talent that came in. You know, we had more Kemper guys, like we had you coming in. We had, you know, I can't remember if Deotis was part of the year before, or whatever, but we had, you know, yeah, Kevin Deotis Neal, year before. Yeah. Yeah. We had Kevin Neal that we added to the offensive line, who's from South Carolina, University of South Carolina, and plugged him in. Um Hank, we had Hank Fraley that showed up, but it ended up being ineligible. He was a prop 48 that year. But it was just like, we we gonna be good. And Jake, you know. Jake was right. Defense was right. We had, um, was it Ty Ali showed up on defense. You showed up on defense. Um, you know, we just had, we had so much, man. And it was like, man, these, these other guys ain't even close. Like, they don't stand a chance. Like, and matter of fact, if I'm not, was, was it the junior year or senior year? But we didn't get scored on for like the first five games. <laughs> um, until That's we junior Dayton, year, man. Until yeah. we played Dayton. Well, maybe it was no. It was Central Connecticut. I remember we gave up a score. Central Connecticut. We were pissed off. 
we was pissed. And we like, wait a minute. They took us off the field. Yeah, they took, yeah, bro. We were that. We were pissed. Yeah. And, and man, we I, were I, pissed. I, I feel like, you know, us, to the starters, we never played in the second half until we played Dayton. <laughs> like, we, we, we would be on the sideline shoulder pads off, man, because it was a blowout to them. So it was just mm-hmm. a different air mm-hmm. about going into camp. You know, now, you know, I showed up and I was the, you know, I think there was one other back, Hepler, maybe, that, that was a returner. I can't even remember at that point in time. But I remember Miles Davis showed up. He was transferred from Pitt. And then you did, you did, here's the thing, like, people don't even realize, like, nobody really realized, like, Archie was there. He was, because you know how they would have us ones versus ones, two, and all of that. And he was getting off versus the younger guys. And I remember, like, thinking, like, yo, that dude, that dude's different. He was small, but that dude was different. You know, he he just and he had and Archie had a swagger about him, like I don't. He was B more, no doubt. He was <laughs> oh, yeah. B more. Outlaw. Shout out to Outlaw. Hey, mm. real quick, yo, I recruited his son. His son goes to school here, by the way. Oh, we go and please remember, we yeah, you know we gonna talk about that. that I so, love that. That's, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it was just a different air. And then again, I got hurt in the second day on scrimmage. If you don't remember, I broke my hand. I broke my hand, so I didn't get. I didn't play in the first game when we played Mercyhurst, and Archie went off. And so then, it, then that became a three-man. And I, hey, I'm about to tell on Miles Davis here for a minute. <laughs> you know how we was all in the locker room, and Miles, Miles, when we was in, it was like towards the end of camp, and I was, I was still starting. And Miles was two, and he was doing like a lot of blocking as a fullback, and you know we had two back, and he had single back. And Miles WK, he's like, I, I went in the coach's office. I had to have a talk with him. They brought me in here. I, I won't play. And all of a sudden, this is how Coach Warren would work. I wasn't starting. I was like, what the hell? This dude, I said, that's how it works. So, you you know, I love Coach Walton to death, man. We didn't necessarily see eye to eye on a lot of things, but I learned a lot of ball from Coach and from Rad and being around them. But I was like, that's how we roll it? And then I got hurt. I broke right. my hand, so that, that opened the door. But then, but then I had that, remember I played with a cast the first half of that year. Yeah. And game two, I came back. They Addie had made that soft cast for me, and it was coaches like test when we would do routes on air. And he Jake threw every ball to me, and I caught every single ball. And I think everybody, I think everybody was happy. They were like, "Oh snap! If Clark ain't, if he's not hurt, if he can catch with a cast on, we gonna be right." Because that I was still a big part of the third down package stuff. Like I think everybody in the damn league knew it's like, "Hey, if it's a third down, if Jake don't hit it on, if it's not a vertical ball out right now, number seven is getting the ball." <laughs> and they, they they weren't able to stop it. That, that I'm going to say, man, 96 offense was one of, as far as that I played with, the most balanced offense I've ever seen or ever played with. Yeah. On, as far as overall spreading the ball equally, running game, passing game, uh, running game, setting up passing game, open up scene for tight ends. I mean, it was the most balanced. I mean, and, and I think that's why y'all, uh, you know, we won the way we did on offense and yeah. how y'all wore the, the crap out of the clock. Yeah. Y'all milked the shit out the clock. Yeah. Hey, Mo, we didn't even have, yeah. we didn't even have Rob. Rob was hurt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rob yeah. Rob was hurt that. So we, we didn't even have our weapon. He was hurt mm-hmm. that year. So, and that, and that's that was the evolution of Freddie P, who was another yep. tall receiver. Freddie was like 16. 
Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. It was like that. Yep. Fred, that was the evolution of Freddie P. So, um, man, that was just it was just it was, it was electric, which it, you just you couldn't tell us nothing, man. And I, I think we lost two games. We lost to Dayton, which was a tight game, and then we lost uh, we lost to Wagner. Wagner. Four yeah, seconds Wagner. on the clock with that fifth. That was we was getting blown out. And yeah, we're getting destroyed, man. That's the Ricky Sorrell show. Yeah, I but I never forget. We came out, and so I was behind Dante, and it was always because Coach Walton was was the head coach of the Jets, so they always treated us like dirt going up there in the Staten Island, and they would be yelling. They had the cowbells, and I never forget me. I was standing right behind Dante as we would that long walk back to the field, and they was talking trash, and I never forget this. Dante said this: "Y'all talk all the trash you want." Y'all ain't ready for this second half. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, we scored 35 un- or whatever it was, unanswered points. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, man. And they had to make like a 50-yard yeah. field goal or whatever it was to win the game with Tom running off the clock. And then Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. But and that that year, yeah, Mo was the beginning of the Ralph and Archie show the next year. Yeah, yeah. Because Archie we, we, we went gonna off that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, so uh, 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 I'm trying to think of. Yeah, bro, that's the goal, man. The perfect for us to, uh, you know, between all of us, you know, uh, we get different in things that we, we, we each other uh, can remember, man. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully it can draw back some memories. So, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other special moments, man. Our. our uh, junior year, man, I, I, we were rolling. Like you said, on defense, we were rolling. You know, nobody scored in first, you know, games, uh, uh, first couple of games. And then, um, you know, uh, um, tough game, always Wagner. Wagner, always, always. tough. You know, it's going to be a physical game. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other memories from our junior year. I remember St. Francis that man, we saw every single season in one Sunny, game. Rain, Godly. no. <laughs> You know, Sleep, Mo, we saw it all. The best, let me tell you something, man. The best, my favorite memory was the ship. Getting to play Duquesne. Because remember, Duquesne was undefeated. They had won the bowl game the next the year before. They was undefeated. And they and, and we bit a rivals. And they talked so much trash. And I'll never forget when we was like, y'all don't play nobody. Yeah. Y'all don't. And we would just be like, all right, wait till we get to this week. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Because the, the, the cross town, the cross city talking, you, you know, it wasn't no social media, but it would right. get to us. It would yeah. get some way, somehow, mm-hmm. it would get to us. And so just smacking them in that game. And I, I just remember the atmosphere, even though they had a small environment, that that place was rocking. And I, I remember Freddie P went off. He had some phenomenal catches that game. I mean, taking hits that Freddie P wasn't no, I mean, he was, he's a big dude, but he didn't play big like physical he was a finesse guy hello yeah can you see me can you hear me Ralph. yeah can you hear me can you hear me mo hold on bro yeah I- i'm Ralph. here yeah yeah i'm here uh-oh yo can you hear me yeah Ralph. yeah can you hear me yeah i can hear you i'm time typing in ralph yes Yo, can you? Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you hear me? What the hell did happen? Okay. Can you? I can hear you now, man. Yep. 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 Hey, you left off right off with uh, Freddie P going off in the game. 
yeah, he was going off in the first half. Archie had like two scores um, or whatever. And then my, I'm gonna tell you my, one of my favorite plays. I did not get, I, I didn't get the ball, but I forget what the play was. It was a delay route to Delonte Payne. I mean, De, uh, Delonte Perkins, DP. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I was a clear out and it was two guys coming to hit him. And I came in and Delonte took off down the sideline hey. and scored. Bro, I was so geeked. The I was so geeked because I, I think it's on the highlight. Yeah. Like you can see he catches the crossing and I hit two guys. And I was so happy because I if I'm not mistaken, he was upset or something. You know, DP would get pissed if he didn't get the ball, man. And um and yeah, we, we went off and he scored. Of course. Yeah, and we went, but hey, here's the deal. See, see, here's the deal. You know Delonte as a receiver. Delonte came as a running back. And they moved him to receiver because ah. Delonte was fast, boy. Delonte was legit folk three. Right. He was legit, like, you can oh, lay no. hey, hey. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, um, as a guy who, who, who um, Delonte Perkins, who I, I can't wait, one of the funniest people I ever met in my life, um, I legitimately, when he when he was with the uh, Green Bay Packers uh, 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 for that short period of time, when he was on the team, though, and I got a chance to throw to prepare him to catch Brett Favre's balls, and to watch him run under a pass, just yeah, he was legit yeah. four three speed, and uh, look forward to having him on. Yeah, but that your block was <laughs> one of the prettiest blocks. I mean, the way it was caught on the field, everything that thing was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. taking two people out, I, I vividly remember that. And, yeah, and, and, and we saw four three run down the field. That was that was my that was my favorite. Crazy that that was my favorite moment from Junior. That yeah. that mo in that game and in, in that moment right there, because he 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 got to get off, man. And I think that just sewed up our program yeah. in itself, being selfless. And that's something I talk to the kids about now, is just being selfless. And 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 yeah, man. That, that was my favorite. I, I think that's the other. Yeah, absolutely. I would say you know I had some fun moments that game too. I really did enjoy that game, and uh, uh you know, and I and I do also preach this idea of. You know, one of the special things about Robert Morris was all the, again, like you already said, the 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 diverse backgrounds and people from all over. We had international players. We had we had guys on the team that's not from the United States, and 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 you know, doing special things. And 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 we had to put our egos to the side. We had to put you know individual accolades to the side. Um, some people had to be the one to have the numbers in order for us to win. And, uh, you know, I was humbled just to be a part of a, a winning team as a JUCO transfer. Um, and so that was a special year. So going into our senior year, uh, uh, you got even bigger. I remember you for the camp, boy. You you came, you made sure again, you got, you got in the weight room, uh, again, put a little more weight on. And, uh, uh, you know, we rocking and rolling. Um, I, I, I'm going to keep saying this. Uh, I, I got moved to the outside linebacker. I hated every second. Didn't want to play it. But it was for best for the team. But, but yeah, man, what do you remember our senior year, man? Yeah, we win the, we win the 1996 ECAC Bowl Championship. Uh, uh, we, we want to repeat. So what do you remember? Well, first thing for I'm going to say this. I remember, if, if you could correct me if I'm wrong, that was the year you and I really connected. Like, 
we spent a lot more time connecting yeah. on some on, on some stuff, man, and really spending time together. Um, you know, I remember I remember Archie not showing up to camp. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, hey, oh, so so talk about talk about selfless again, man. So Archie don't show up to camp, but Archie comes or whatever. You might not remember this. All our fullbacks got hurt. Ty Ali went down. All the fullbacks went down. Right. And so they was talking about bringing line. They were talking about bringing you or something to play some fullback. And I remember going to Coach Miller, <laughs> and I was like, Coach, our offense not going to work if you try to teach somebody. I was like, I know the whole offense. I'll move the fullback. A lot of people probably don't even remember. I played the mm-hmm. first six games at fullback. And it was me and Archie in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I played fullback. And I think the first game that I didn't play fullback was Wagner, which was the first time me and Archie both had a, a, over 100 yards rushing. Like, we just blew it out the water in the second half. And, and here's, here's the thing that you probably don't remember. Like, me and Archie made a pact with the old line at the beginning of the season. Like, once I remember that. started. Yeah, 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 yeah. We said, anytime both of us run for 100 yards, we're going to take you out for steak dinner. Bruh. Archie, look, a typical Archie, I give you some money towards it, but I ain't going. <laughs> and I, I remember taking the O-line out to Haas' Steakhouse every time we had 100 yards together, which was more than once. That was, so that's the first, that was that was the first time us making history together was two backs yeah. going over 100 yards in the same game. And I just remember me and Archie was so different. But it, I think y'all used to say, man, that's thunder and lightning. Oh, whatever. Sure. But we were sure. very different. But we we could hurt you. Mm-hmm. We could hurt you. And so if we were in the game together, you had your hands full, man. Well, and it got to the point where we would just rotate every play. Yes. Rotate every play. Y'all y'all stay fresh. And then and what I I'm gonna tell you why I feel sorry for other teams is having to deal with y'all in the second half. That that was just wrong because <laughs> you knew once y'all start, you know, you get to the eighty yard mark and. And this is the second half, and, and you know y'all gonna get them numbers because you can. We literally can watch their defense starting to fold. So yeah, I, I used to feel sorry for teams in the second half. You know, once y'all two got going, because it was hell. Hey, Mo, I was I was two hundred thirty pounds my senior year with like three percent body fat. And then Archie was like 175, mm-hmm. firecracker. You had, if you had a chasers, and, hey, look, and, and Archie ran like a 200 pound cat. Um, so if you had to deal with us, yeah, for four oh, yeah. quarters, like it wasn't a good deal. And I don't, I mean, I don't remember too oh, many times man. in my career I got tackled for a loss. You know, I, I might not have all the gaudy numbers like some of these other guys, but hey, look, I also had, I'm gonna say this, I had to share the backfield some real talented cats. So it was real in my oh, four years. Oh yeah, there, man! It, it, that, it, it had nothing to do with you. It, it, was, it was hard. To, it was hard. You, to, it you was hard to get them yards. You, yeah, yeah. So, yes, sir. But, so and you still top ten? There you go. For for now, for now, man. For now. Hey, for hey, brother. Just like I explained to Freddie P, it's about error. Yeah. In this yeah. era, in the first uh, phase of the program, you top ten all time. That's yeah. a five point six yards rushing. So. <laughs> Own it, brother. Own it. It's hey, yours. Hey. Oh, in that case, I'm going to put it out here. You know, senior year, I led the conference in yards per carry. There you go. Yeah. 100, 100, 100 carries, 6.7 yards a carry my senior year. There you go. Make sure, make, make sure your players know that. <laughs> right, right, right. 
but you gotta hey, make sure they know. Yeah. My the moment I remember the most senior year. Outside of homecoming, 14 carries, 156 yards. <laughs> because you know that's the most carries I ever had in the game. Um, 14. Um, oh, wow. But, yeah. But then senior year, I think we lost to Mercyhurst. And Coach Walton brought yeah. – I don't know if you was a part of this. Coach Walton got all the seniors together. I want to meet with you guys. We met in the locker room. And he said, I think I need to play other guys because you guys don't want it anymore. You guys had too much success. <laughs> you remember this? You're not hungry. You just you just expect to win and you forgot how to work. And I remember that conversation and we looked around. We were like, what did he do? And he left the room. We were like, what? <laughs> oh, it was like, oh. And I think, who did we play? I think we played CW Post or somebody the next week and put it on him. And yeah. it, was, it was over. It was yeah. over. Yeah, it was like, because he, he, here's one thing I'll do with I'll say about Walton. I don't, Walton, I love him to death, man. He was not a great relationship guy. He was right. a phenomenal X and O guy. You you got an education in, in football. It was football 101, which is what he told us he was going to get. He was going to get a football education. But, um, you know, he knew how to motivate. Even though he gave the same speeches. And I can think back to going to Dayton. Like, remember, remember Dayton junior year? Like, Bruh, he had me ready to jump out my seat the night before. I'm like, wait, we got to go back to bed, check? Like, I'm ready to play mm. right now. He right, was a great right. motivator. He was a great, at the time, he he, he knew the X's and O's. Walton never wore a headset. He had his right. game plan up here and, and, and did whatever. Um, and you could say that he was just ahead of the guys and then they caught up later. <clears throat> I don't care what you want to say, but if you, if you paid attention and you studied and you spent time, you know, I spent time in Walton's office not having conversation with him, but watching film. I spent a lot of time watching film with Walt. Um, like, and I would do that, the extra stuff. Um, so like, all, like not mandatory stuff. This was extra just to get myself ready for, for Saturday. So he would shout out to him. I love him. He, he's not doing the greatest right now, but I know I, I spoke to him when I got this opportunity and you no, know, so that, that, but that conversation that he had with us after losing to Mercyhurst at home and was, was one of the big things I remember from senior year. Um, and I also remember fumbling against Mercyhurst because, you know, I didn't fumble. I can count it. I think I had three fumbles my entire four years at Robin Woods. Right. And two was against Mercyhurst. One was that game and the, and the other one was against uh, Mercyhurst junior year at home and I fumbled the kickoff return. I got I got blindside hit. I'm not going to say who missed the block, but I got I, my blindside, I got hit and they, they hit me right on the ball and the ball popped out. So... But those that 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 talk junior senior year was the, is what I remember the most, man. Okay, and what do you remember about the bowl game, man? So this is last game of our career, man. Uh, we in DC. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 there's only like 900 people at the game because <laughs> they that was a, that's all they had seats for anyway. We're yeah. in the middle of of Georgetown's campus, looking at students in their dorm rooms. They don't give a crap about us playing in a bowl game, but. For us, it was our Super Bowl, and um, in the locker room, we that energy was terrible. I don't know if you remember. Everybody was quiet. It, it was I don't know if it was the reality of this our last game, but what do you remember about the bowl game? I remember being crushed. I remember crying, sobbing before the game. You might not remember the week before I tore my ankle up again. Ah. Uh, uh. And so for me, I was like, I'm going home. 
my family is here, my high school coach is here. Wow. And bro, I could I could barely walk and I was struggling through the pain. Like I had it taped. I was like, Addy, tape it as tight as you can. I don't care if I can feel my foot. Like I gotta play. And Walton didn't play. I had one play, one carry for one yard in that game. He put me at the end. And shout out to Brian Cleary, because Walton wasn't gonna play me. And Brian Cleary, it was a blow. It, we, it was the game was decided. And I and Brian Cleary went to Coach Walton. I never forget he because I was crying. I was happy that we won, but I was crying. You gotta remember this is the last time I'm, I might touch the field. Right. Um, and thinking back on all the memories, and this is the way we I get to go out. And 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 I ain't gonna lie, selfishly, after everything I done gave to this program, I felt like I deserved a little bit better than that. But but he was probably right. You know, you gotta win the game. You gotta do what's right for the program. And Brian Cleary went up to him. He's like, Coach, we wouldn't be here without he, he got a plan. And Brian Cleary, before Brian went up, he's like, can you run? And I was like, yo, I will never do anything to hurt this team. And I sprinted on the sideline. I was in pain, and I sprinted. And then Brian went over and said, Coach, you got a plan. And I only got in for one snap. But, I, you know, I owe that to, I owe, I owe, I owe that to Cleary. So, but I remember Jake going off that game. Hey. I remember defense playing real well, and I remember our offense going off. I remember Luther Lockhart getting his first touchdown ever in college. Um, and then here, here's what I, I remember. I remember the defense playing balls out because they had a big 250, 260-pound fullback or whatever, and everybody was talking about during the week, man, this fullback, he's so good, and Georgetown undefeated and this and that and this and that. And I just remember y'all smacking the crap out of them. And it was a party on that. Like, and you're right. It was dead. It was eerie before the game. And then we just came out, and it was a party on our sideline for 60 minutes. That's what I remember. Party on our Hey, the other thing I remember, yo, you yeah. can't do this. You can't do this nowadays. But afterwards, we had it on videotape. The staff was cracked. Crack, Coach Walton and everybody was cracking beers with us as players. You don't know. You know, we on the video. Where's yeah. the game now? Like, I, I, I barely remember that. Yeah. You definitely can't do that nowadays. I vaguely remember no, that joint. Yeah, bro. Hey, Mo. Mo, I got some other stories, man. We we played St. Francis. And everybody gone now. So we played St. Francis my our sophomore year at St. Francis Range School. Might have been freshman, whatever it was. And the but and one of the buses broke down. We had to ride home in the equipment van, bro. And it was me. I'm not going to say who all was in there because some of those people are administrators or whatever now, right? But we make a pit stop at the <laughs> liquor store. <laughs> and we in the oh. back of the and having drinks with coaches. And we get back and Coach Walton is waiting at the, at the loading dock. You remember the, at John Jay with the loading dock? Who did this? Whose idea was this? And we was just like, shh, don't nobody say nothing. Coaches and players, we had a lot of GAs. Remember that? Don't nobody say nothing. <laughs> so, man, dude, man, that, that, hey. that had to be off the chain. For, hey, forget the alcohol part. You can't put players in the equipment truck. <laughs> no, Bruh, you talk about, hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about 1990s non-scholarship. <laughs> this is for the love of the game. So we we yeah got away lightweight with a whole lot. Well, Boy, we would do sort of non-scholarship. Mo, I had I had some Mo, I had some track and field money, bro. I was I was a sprinter and a jumper. Yeah, oh. I was a I was a forty plus foot triple jumper and a and a, and a high. I, I won the region in the high jump in high school, so I got a little bit of money. That, uh, Coach Benny gave me a little bit of money. 
Um, but then they changed track coaches my after freshman year, maybe sophomore year, and I got I got my turf toe came back, and I didn't necessarily see eye to eye with the, the new track coach, so that that went out the door. But yeah, so oh, okay. Anyway. You got a little money, okay, okay. Nah, nah, orig- originally, not not all the way through, bro. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so I've seen, yeah, man. So let's fast forward to when we reconnect. So we reconnect, and uh, bro, we are at two hours and and, and some change, bro. We, we two and two and a half. One and yeah. a half, man. We started at one. It's two twenty nine. Oh, my right. bad. We at one and a half. Yeah, we good. Okay, my bad. I'm tripping. I thought we started at 12. I was like, Lord, okay, right. cool, cool. So, yeah, let's talk, man. So, we, I get to the DMV in 2002 and uh, 2004. Uh, uh, you hit me up and, and told me, like, you just got a head coaching job and you want me to be a defense coordinator. I'm thinking to myself, Lord, am I smart enough and do I have what it takes? You know, and I'm like, man, but this sounds fun as hell. You tell me about the school, Murray. And uh, uh, I become your defense coordinator. And, and oh, and I gotta say this story, ladies and gentlemen. Myself and Ralph can say that we were we witnessed the very first time through the wire was played on BET Kanye West. <laughs> we at, at the very first premiere while we're making our playbooks, Ralph is making offensive playbooks i'm making defensive playbooks and we at your house and we turn the tv on it's on be no not bet excuse me mtv mtv MTV. and it was the world premiere through the wire we call him kane west (laughs) we didn't know how to say we didn't know how to say who is this it was kane yeah who is yes and we both we both looked at each other and looked at the screen like oh my god we knew something was special yeah. And I can yeah. say, I looked at you, you looked at me, I said, bro, this is something special. I, 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 I said, Kane West. I'm going around telling everybody, yo, you ain't hear that Kane West? <laughs> yo, uh, so, and now we know, of course, that's Kanye West, but but I, I, I had to say that part, man. But hey, what, hey, somebody, somebody pray for that, brother. Man. Oh. <laughs> pray for that, brother. It's all good. <laughs> Never going to speak bad about a brother. Probably. Right, you say pray for him. Pray for that brother, man. Hey, man. I, hey, God bless Kanye West, man. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, man. So how how you get the Murray job, man? And uh, uh, actually, let's talk about the genesis of your coaching career. So where did you start, and and, and then how the hell did we end up at Murray in two thousand four? Dude, um, being out of football. I, so we had me, Dante Payne, a couple other guys. We had tryout with the Steelers. That didn't work out, whatever, whatever. My mom, I was living in Sewickley, and then my mom got sick. And I, so I moved, I left my apartment, everything. I moved home. Go back to the area. And I, I was working at the American Council of Life Insurance, hating life, man. Like, this is a hmm. real job. I'm, yeah, I'm miserable. I'm making like 20, 25,000. That's a lot of money back then to me. Right, right. 90s. Um, at least right out of school. And I'm hating life. And I just went up to, I went to my high school after work one day, and I'm just going through with my old coach was then the AD. 
And I was just shooting. So he was like, man, you need to go over to James Madison, man. Um, coach Coach Lobb is over there. He's the head coach. It's his first head coaching job, whatever, whatever. And, and he had been my offensive coordinator through most of my high school career. So I just happened to drive over there afterwards and watch him practice. And he, he sees me on the side, comes up, give me a big hug, and then gives the speech to his kids. And I never knew Coach Lobb thought about me and what he was saying. He was like, just talk about hard worker, you know, everything you want to be, you know, stuff like that. And then when the kids left, he was like, hey, man, what you doing with yourself? You want coach? Yeah. And let me tell you, Mo, like, losing football, and you you probably relate to this. There, there's a little period, at least for me, because I love ball, man. It was a period of depression. Like, I, I literally, out, like, I got into coaching at James Madison High School, but I didn't watch ball for a, for a year. Like, I didn't watch NFL, college. like, I, I couldn't watch it. That's how it affected me. Like, I just, I was like, I can't believe, like, this is over. So, um, it had been such a big part of my life. And so, um, but I started coaching at James Madison High School. And I, I coached the running backs. I was a freshman coach. Whatever, ended up being on varsity. And then moving, moving through, a, I was there a couple years. And then I, I left. I stopped living in Virginia and I moved to, to back to PG County where you remember I, we lived across the street, across the road from each other or whatever. And I moved over there and I started coaching at St. John's and I was at St. John's working for a guy, Elliot Uzelak. Elliot Uzelak, if you ever seen Bo Beckler, you know about college football, you know who Bo Beckler is. Elliot Uzelak was like Bo Beckler's best friend, best, <clears throat> like his right hand man. Mm-hmm. He even, look, Elliot Uzelak even looked like Bo, had the glasses and all the talk and all of that stuff. Right. And so um blessed to, to coach he he hired me and I, I was his running back coach and linebacker coach and special teams and and I man I was like 26, 25, 26 and I, I'm coaching there for a while and that's in the WCAC if you don't know high school football. WCAC is probably the best high school conference in the country. It's all Americans and everywhere you go. And I'm I'm there and then I get a phone call from Tony man, what is Tony's last name? He played running back for the for, he played for Coach Walton with the Jets and then ended the end of this career in Miami Tony I can't remember but he was he was buddies with my uncle my uncle is a really well-known guy and he was he's the all-time like winning this coach in PG County girls basketball like he's a real well-known guy he's connected and Tony called me and he's like man I got these people these real important people um at this school this private school in DC would you be interested when they asked they looking for a new head coach the head coach they had started the program, but they've been in shambles for a while. He was there for 30 years. Would you be interested in interviewing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm 27 years old, Mo. I'm like, yeah, I'll interview for the job, whatever. I'm at W, I'm, whatever, I'll interview. You know, I don't ever turn down a, you know, uh, interview. And I interviewed there and man, they hired me. <laughs> they offered me the job or whatever. And I, I never forget talking to Elliot and I'm like, Elliot, should I take the job? And he was like, can you win there? And, and Elliot gave me a great piece of advice that I have not always listened to, unfortunately. He said, don't ever take a job if you can't be successful. If they're not willing to give you what you can need to be successful and to compete, don't take the job. But I'm 27, Mo. Going on 28, whatever it is. I'm, they offered me a head coaching job. And you know the caliber school Murray is. Like they, so Ted Kennedy's daughter was attending Murray at that at that time. You don't understand, like right. these are elite people. The like, elite. Uh, hey, I tried to explain it, Ralph. Can you please explain bruh, how elite of a school Murray was? Like, so kids go in there. They going to Princeton, 
Yale, Harvard, they're not looking at schools like this. You ain't got a shot. Like they, cause at the time, you're talking about 2003, man, they paying 30 grand plus to, to send their kids to school, to elementary school and high school, because it's K through 12. They paying that kind of money to send their kids. They're not looking. The expectation is up here. Yes. You know what I mean? So I get the job, and I'm, man, I'm out of my element big time. But I'm coaching football. And at the time, I was t- I was teaching in D.C. and coaching ball. I was a D.C. public school teacher. And then I, I left that job to take the job at Murray, man. And it was, whoo. They really bright kids, but not the best football players. And they hadn't, they hadn't really won a game in like two years, three years, whatever it was. And then we come in there and we really had to change the mindset and change the way that they approach football. And let me tell you this, like, and I, and I told Mo, I, I, I recruited Mo. And... <laughs> Dr. Baptiste. And I said, Mo, I gotta have people I can trust. I don't know. You remember yep, that? I, was I like, remember. I remember. I was like, Mo, yep. I trust you. Like, I need you. He was like, and he was like, man, I don't. I'm like, Mo, you got this. But I can't do this without you. And, Mo, and, and I convinced Mo to come on over with a few Jack and and, and Coke Vanillas. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, yeah, over. and, and, and we, we did the thing, man. We lost the first couple games, but we was able to turn that thing around. They had the best year that they had had in years, man. And then from there, man, I think Elliot Uzelak left St. John's High School and got the offensive coordinator position at, at Georgetown. And so it's funny, right? So my first college coaching job is where my college career ended. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of circles in my in my life here. but. Um, mm-hmm. So Bob Benson calls me, who's the head coach, and he's like, hey, I want you to come interview for the DB job. And at the time, Murray wasn't giving me, I'm a competitor, man. Maybe at this time, I, 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 would, I would settle for being comfortable, but I'm a competitor. I want to compete. And they just, I had no coaches in the building. Like, you know, you didn't work there. Like, oh, I had no coaches in the building. Like, I, you know, just, they wasn't giving me, like, recruits to come in and, like, other schools. And I was like, man, I just want to compete. And so, um... Elliot, I, I interviewed for the job, and I go back and forth, and I, I go back to Murray because at that time I didn't want to be a college coach. I want, you know, I'm thinking like high school, I can relate to the kids, and it's not a business, and they just wouldn't budge on anything. And I was like, well, dump it, you know. And Bob Benson told me, look, the job is yours. You let me know. I was like, wow, they want he wants me, right? So they wouldn't budge, and I took the job, man. I was like, I'm out. And so I, I, I coached the secondary at, at Georgetown in 2004, 2004 and 2005. Um, and, and then um, whatever happened, that Bob, Bob was let go or he was not, whatever, you know how we do in this business or whatever. And um, I had interviewed for a couple of jobs at the convention. And I, I actually got every, I got offered every job that I interviewed for. Crazy. Um, and so my my second collegiate job, I was a defensive coordinator at a place called Rose Holman Institute of Technology, the number one engineering school in the country to this day. So over MIT and over the Ivy's, like it's bro, like really, really, really smart guy. There's another instance, Mo, like they hadn't had a winning season in like 15 years, 12, something like that. Um, funny, so Ted K, if you guys know, ever heard of Alex Karras, his 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 nephew was the head coach there that I interviewed with offered me the job I accepted the job well I moved to Terre Haute Indiana man as the day that I'm moving 
Ted Karras, who his son is the, the center for the Patriots, by the way. So Ted Karras leaves to take the head coaching job at Marion College and University in Indianapolis. Now, I done gave up everything that I have, and I'm moving to Indianapolis, and I don't have no job. <laughs> mm. so they, they hired an offense coordinator eventually. <clears throat> and, and not to give well, you a bunch of rigmarole, end up like I interviewed to be the, the secondary coach. Well, going through, going through, he said, can you be the defensive coordinator? Can you run a defense? You got to remember, Mo, I was the secondary coach. I, I, Georgetown is my first job. I'm, do you think I'm about to say no when my, when this was on the right. line? I, I'm married. I'm newly married at the time for my first wife. And we move out. You know, I move, I move out there. I'm about myself. And I don't have no job. I'm in this apartment that I don't rented and I ain't got no job. And so basically, he put me through the ringer of uh, 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 interviewing me, and it was me and a guy that was already on staff. And essentially, he hired me as a D coordinator, and we went out. We was we was the second. We ended up being a second-rate defense in the conference, allowing 14 points a game. My first year as a coordinator, we, had, we gave up 14 points a game. You know, under 100, we gave up less than 100 yards rushing a game. My my entire state as a coordinator or whatever. Did some good things there. Moved on to um, to Northeastern University, which is in Boston in the CAA, um, struggling program. Uh, man, I had some good times. I did not like Boston, bro. First moving there. <laughs> we can talk off the off of this about what-, what Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was, you know, first year was rough. Um, but I, I got a coach kid, Phil Higgins, a PG County kid out of Gwynn Park. And he had never been a starter or whatever. And he ended up, I got to coach him and he ended up leading the conference, the CAA and, and tackles and, you know, made all conference, was all American and all of that. And then my, my last year there, they, they ended up shutting the program down. But I was able to do some good things there at, at Northeastern. And I was there when they shut it down. Don't be at a program when they shut down. I'm just telling you, your life will get hard. Mm. Um, moved on to St. Francis, man. I was a D coordinator at St. Francis for one year. And then um, you know, I moved from there. I was at Virginia Union um, as a linebacker coach and strength coach coordinator. And then moved from there. I was at Millersville. I was a D coordinator there for a while. Took over the last last ranked defense in the PSAC and moved it all the way up to, to number five before I left there and went to Seton Hill, took over the last ranked defense that was also in the PSAC. And we moved, we were one of the top defenses in the comp, top top 10 to 16 teams in the PSAC. We were one of the top top 10 and, and one of the best in the red zone. And then I was there at Seton Hill for nine months, man, living away from my family in Greensburg, which is close to Pittsburgh. My family was still back here, uh, living in Lancaster. My wife, my current wife, uh, has been a teacher in Lancaster for 20 years now and I was away from my, my wife and my kids and this opportunity came up I spoken with a couple of ADs and anybody that's a coach in here it's nice to have a great network of coaches but you better know some presidents and some ADs if you want to move up to positions like this and um, interview for this job man and was blessed with the opportunity shocked me bro it was one of the things that I really wanted. Like I wanted to be here. It's motivated by being close to my family, but it was just a feeling that I had. I wanted to be here, and I, I got the opportunity. And bro, like won our first game in school history. It was phenomenal atmosphere. Like I said, my mom. So that, my coaching journey has brought me full circle, man. Like, hey, I was I was on the first team in school history as a player, and then to come and to be able to get that opportunity as a coach uh, after 24 years of doing, you know, well at that point it was 20. Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hold on a second, Ralph. I, I don't hear you, Ralph. I don't hear you, Ralph. Hold on a second. Hey, Ralph. Yeah. 
Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you, ah, there you go. Can yeah. you hear me? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I keep doing that, man. Yeah. Hey, but you, you was at the part where you were talking about, uh, uh, let me see what I last heard. You was at the part where uh, this opportunity, no, you say you got to know some presidents and ADs, and then I think that's the last thing I heard. Oh, but I was saying I was blessed with this opportunity, man. And um, I said, as I, I was blessed to, to be on a, a first team in school history as a player, and then to be blessed with the opportunity as a coach to, 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 to start something from scratch, to put your stamp on something. We've done a lot of things here. You know, the, the win-loss record is, you know, to do what we did is, is uncommon. And, and guys like Justin, you know, I, I was blessed, like Coach Walton, when I, when I got this, he sent a, sent a letter and I talked to him. Um, I talked, you don't know Coach Leonard. Justin Leonard is actually an AD at Illinois right now. Was okay. my my original position coach at Robert Morris. Calling and congratulating and if you need anything, give me some advice. And Dave Harper, who's at Duquesne, just to all those guys reaching out and, and, and giving, you know, some, some words of encouragement and advice and, and you know, things that, that need to do have been helpful and instrumental. But it, we've done some great things here. It hasn't necessarily shown in the win-loss record. You know, um, I tell, you know, you know, experience, discipline, commitment, selflessness, all of that stuff is part of building your culture because, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't do, do a lot of goal setting here. We talk about habit, creating habits um, and creating, you know, championship habits, create championship culture, creates championship program. So, you know, that's, that's the language that we speak here. But I get, I get that all from, from Bobby Moe, man. Like, we had championship habits. We had a championship culture, championship expectation. We and we won some. We won a lot of championships, man. So that's been my coaching journey. Um, I try to try to cut it down because we've been on here for a while. But um, yeah, learned a lot of things. But ultimately, man, I was blessed to be around some phenomenal coaches. Starting with college, with Joe Walton, Fab Rad, Robin Cole. Uh, Lance Mel, or was it Lance? Not Lance. Mel, who was who was our D coordinator my sophomore year? I can't remember. He played for the Jets linebacker. Yeah, the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, was was a phenomenal, phenomenal coach. And then all of those other coaches that we had in between, they coached the coaches up because we had a lot of GAs. And then you know, going into my my high, you know college coaching was Elliot Uzelak, phenomenal coach, was the head coach of Western Michigan and the Naval Academy, and had a great you know career. People don't know he was he was with. Um, Rashawn Salam and those guys um, at, at, Col- at uh, was it Colorado and Kentucky with Couch and those guys. So he, he, just the resume of these guys and the knowledge you can soak up. A lot of young guys that they want to do a lot of talking and be in control, man. I shut up and be, and I was I listen to a lot. And when you when you just be quiet and listen, you can you can you would be amazed by what you can learn in the ball that's up here. Um, so I was blessed with being around great coach Bob Benson. Let me tell you something. Bob Benson, even though we beat him, one of the great, one of the best game day call, like calling the game that I've been around, man. Phenomenal. Frank Fucucci, like who, who you know, he, he's the head coach at Becker College right now. He was DC with us at, uh, at, at Northeastern, but he's been around great guys like uh, Don Brown, teaching, teaching me Don Brown's defense and, and things like that being able to meet Don and guys like that. So I've, I've, I've been blessed with the opportunity to be a really, around really good football minds, really good people overall. So shout out to all those guys that I, that I just mentioned. Yeah, cool, man. Real quick, though, I'm going to go back to Murray because, uh, you know, I, I was so amazed by what we was able to accomplish that first year. 
And just thinking about some of those guys, and again, some of the kids we got to coach, I just remember that culture of to have a group of kids that if you score less than a 1500 on the SATs, you had to do tutoring, mandatory tutoring. Mm -hmm. And I just never heard such a thing. So I, it never lost on me how I worked in one of the poorest school districts in the country. And then I'm, uh, but I coach at one of the richest and, and, and most affluent schools in the country. And yeah. they all in the same city. And it's yeah. like, absolutely amazing to me and i just remember just the how smart those kids were you know the madison uh, uh i remember eric black you know just these kids were just so smart uh, uh man so what do you remember uh have you heard from any of those guys and what do you remember from the that that, that uh well that one moray season with us man man aaron hall if you remember he was the safety i called him the yeah, big yeah, aaron was yeah, about yeah. Ball. he wasn't about to get hit right yeah so aaron hall hit me up man he's doing well he's married he has kids living in dc you know doing well he, he's really the only i you know um sammy's doing well um van who who he he's yeah. doing well okay. um, he, he's doing well he was actually coaching there for a while i don't, I don't think he's there anymore but you know those guys are doing well. You know I, I I communicate with the with the old basketball coach and the baseball coach a little bit, even through social media or whatever, man. But all those kids, look, you don't have to worry about how those kids are doing in life. They are set up for success, man. Oh, I know that. Oh yeah. The I, that that must said I wouldn't know how successful they are. Yeah, you know yeah, I, I, man, I, I'm sure just... I'm sure they're doing really 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 well. Man. Um, it was you know. Oh yeah. We always go back and say, we say these kids are going to be our boss one day. Like, they're not going to work for somebody. They're going to be CEOs and, and you know, chairmen yes. of the board and stuff like that. But that's that's how they were That's how they were pro programmed, for lack of a better term. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's funny, man. I, I think about that season all the time and, and things that I would do different on defense that there's certain players in my mind that I wish I would have played more. You know, and mm -hmm. I can't remember names, but I just remember skill sets and bodies. And, and, and some faces, man. But yeah, I always think about that all the time. But yeah, man, so so you start this new program, man. This is year, you just finished year one or year two? Nah, man. I, well, 2020 would have been our third season, but you know, we're, we're about to play this spring. We start practice here coming up and, and we got three games this spring and then we roll into to, to fall of 2021, you know, um, here. But yeah, so two got through two seasons um working on the third this spring and we'll be in season four this fall so okay so, you know it's it's good man it's, it's it's a lot of work brother hey look i tell you i had a full head of hair when i took the job man oh <laughs> yeah bro hey man I, I i hey you know people there's a lot of people that romanticize the coach of the the, the role and job of a head coach whether mm -hmm. it's from looking at Belichick and looking at, you know, the guys that they're on ESPN that's always highlighted. And, but, but I mean, people can imagine that it's a tough job, but they don't really know how demanding of your time that this job really is. So what are some things that you say, obviously some, some, some high, one huge plus, but also one harsh, harsh, harsh reality of being a head coach for a college, uh, a college program. Right. The man, the plus is always because the, the the ultimate goal of the job is to, is to to take young men and create adults out of them. 
and, and to have those young men be positive assets to whatever community in the community that they're going to be a part of. So that's the ultimate goal. So that's the positive. The downside for me, and it's not for everybody, is that I spend more time with everybody else's kids than I spend with my own. Um, so, and I always talk about to my the guys in my locker room. I say you got to make sure that your actions are worthy of being followed, because my kids are watching, and, and their daddy's spending more time with you than they spend than, than he's spending with them. So my kids need to be able to idolize. Make sense? Um, that might be heavy to put on on a guy, but you know the time. You know I spend many nights sleeping in, especially in season, sleeping in my office. I spend a, a many many long hours watching film and then as the head coach I, it's not even I'm not a football coach anymore you know we CEOs you a CEO as a head football coach you're a CEO of an organization and trying to get everybody in your organization meaning the university from the uh, senior you know from senior administration to administration presidents and, and faculty staff and, and and leadership to see things the same way hey hold on Hold on a second, Ralph. Hold on a second, Ralph. Hold on a second, Ralph. It, it's breaking up again, and I want to make sure that what you just said is so important. Can you please repeat that? You are a what of an organization? Please reiterate that. So those who again romanticize, what is? Yeah, explain that, please. You're, you're a CEO of an organization. So the the football the football team that's that's your business. That's your organization, and you're the CEO. And now you have investors, you have people of interest that are in the program. So you got to get everybody that's associated with your program on the same page, moving in the same direction with the same vision at the same time. And so a lot of what I do, it ain't got nothing to do with X's and O's. It's about, you know, I'm in, I'm in a meeting here. It's about disciplinary action. I'm, I'm actually the chair, the, the co-chair of the, um, the Justice, Equity and Inclusion Council. Like I, I it's, you, you, you don't just get to coach ball. I got to walk across campus and making sure I'm touching base and keeping a relationship with these professors and this faculty and the staff. And, and okay, well, how are we handling meals? What, you know, making sure the kids are fed. And then, then you have to relationship build with the guys in your locker room too, which means you have to be able to relationship build within your staff. So, you know, cause I have to be able to delegate things and, and those guys are delivering my voice without me saying a word. If that makes sense, uh, and I don't mean to say that oh I, I'm I'm the end all be all and that that's what the coaches are, but it's about one voice. You talk about unity in your locker room. I talk about hey we're a family, or it's a relationship. One hey look I, I, I'm divorced one time right, but I remember going to counseling. They said hey in a marriage you got to have windows and doors, and those windows and doors got to stay shut so that the outside world can't get in. Well that's the same thing. We're a family. We got to have windows and doors, and we can't allow the outside world to infect us. We got to keep them shut. And that takes hard work and relationship building and trust. Trust is the is, is the one thing that's earned in earned in drops, but you lose that in buckets. So that's a huge part of, of building your team and your program, man. It's a lot of work. So you can romanticize and, and look at the game day and 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 you think that everybody everybody not making a million dollars, man. Um, oh. It's a lot of work and dedication. And it's about your commitment to those young, those men more so than the wins and the losses. And, and then this year, the, the development of those men, and it takes development of your administration and senior leadership and everything and everybody involved. So that's really what being a head coach is. Like, you want to be a football coach, go be at a position coach. Go coach Little League. Do do that. But but if you want to do this, 
you gotta have a you gotta have a bigger vision. Yes, sir. So so last but not least, man, we gonna talk about your your, your firstborn, man. Uh, I remember him as a young young guy, man. So I know you posted. I know he's doing extremely well academically, and I didn't know he was playing football as well, man. So how how is he doing, man? And uh, yeah yeah, what's going on? with it that joker man hey he's 21 years old man um wow That's junior crazy. in college three point whatever gpa hey he, he's much let me tell you something man as, and you know how close he and i are so mm -hmm. that's my ace you know like, yeah I, that's, we your got clone. that's your clone that's your clone i'm dad I, i'm pops yeah he called me pops now but you know mm. when he when you was around he called me dad. <laughs> like, he calls me pops now but you know, we've always been close and, you know, you have a father-son relationship, but I, I don't know what to call ours, like, because we've just been super close this whole life. And, and I'm and I'm gonna be real and I'm, I'm putting stuff out here that I don't I don't just speak on with everybody, but I, I, I come from a single parent home. Man. I made myself a promise as a little kid, you know, like, I'm gonna be better than what I had. So I'm not, if I fail at everything else in life, I'm not gonna fail at being a father. So that was, that was major important to me. So, look, man, that's my ace. He's doing well. The Joker, actually, he plays football, too. He's starting running back at, at King's College. And he, if, hey, we got to find a way to stop him because he always have a good day again, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to tell you what. Oh, like, whoa, 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 whoa. You get a coach against your son? Yeah, man. Oh, that's yeah. dope. That's so dope. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, and you know what's funny, Mo? People were always like, man, you couldn't get your son to come to school. I was like, I didn't want, I've never wanted my son to follow anything I do. I never wanted my son to have, I raised my son to be strong-minded, strong-willed, to think on his own. And, right. you know, I didn't even want him to play football, dog. I was right. pushing him towards baseball, golf. Like, don't you want to do this? And, and this goes to how close we are. Now, my daddy's a football coach. My daddy played football. I'm going to play ball. So I tried to steer him away from that stuff. And you know what? That stuff motivated. He, my son was like, yo, Pops, what did you squat in high school? Or Pops, <laughs> how, many, how many yards did you have your senior year? Hey, how many? You know, that was. And not because, he was like, I got I to gotta be like Pops. But I also told him, I, I told him, I said, Q. And I started this when he was real young. I said, the world don't need another Ralph Clark. The world needs Quincy Clark. You got to show him you. And so, you know, he's doing well, man. He's a better student than I ever was. He's a, I, he's a different ball player than I ever was. Um, we still have talks about ball. You know, I sent the, he texted me today. Um, he's, you know, I was like, he like, you know, I sent him text. Still motivational. I want him to do well. You know, he Absolutely. had a, hey, he had two fumbles against us last year. And it's a crazy thing to be like, yes. And then like, oh, and then you checking for your son at the same time to see, you know, yeah, right, and is he okay? You know, um, but your kid, you gotta win. Um, right. Unfortunately, he went in the trash talking at the at the Thanksgiving table for right now. But we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna look, to, we're gonna get past that. And then, um, you know, but I'm most proud of who he is as a man. He is yeah. the founder and president of the first ever Black Student Union at King's College, which is up in wow. Wilkesburg. Wow, dope. And you know what I mean. And you know, he, he's into that. He's a criminal justice major doing really well with the minor. He's, he's picked up a minor in sociology and he's changed from wanting to be in the FBI. See, you know, one of the ABCs. He's like, Dad, I got to go work with uh, delinquent youth because I got to make a change from the inside. I got to get them before they before the system gets. 
You know what I mean? And, and we've had that conversation and, that, and to the point where he's like, man, I'm even thinking about doing that while I'm going to law school because I got I to gotta make a change. So the fact that he's that person, like forget all the football, like that's what I'm proud of, that. Like mm-hmm. he was, gave hey, hey, bro, he was listening. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he did his own thing. And, and look, now my son a wild boy too. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a father too much more when you know this. Right. My son gonna be in the middle of the party. Okay, okay. <laughs> He's gonna okay. be in the middle of the party getting it in. Right. But that 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 social responsibility is on him, is in him. The the betterment and improvement of our people is in him. And so that's and 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 he's a student and he's so intelligent, articulate. He he's he's you know, we always talk about our kids being better than us, and he's a hundred he's a hundred times better than I'll ever ever hope to be. So that's what I'm proud of. Yo, make sure you tell him, you know, to holler at me if I could be of service to him. You know, tell him if you want to know what I've done, look me up on LinkedIn. But tell him, you know, Uncle Mo's here. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I love to hear, you know, especially, you know, being a a, tra- a, a, a trailblazer, if you will. Uh, um, you know, I, I love that, you know, and hear that he started uh, a, that's such an organization on campus. Now, well, since you talked about your son and you, how do you coach up? Uh, how do you coach to stop your son? <laughs> we, you know what, man? It's funny. We don't. So me and my son are funny, man, because we so we so different and we so alike. And so I don't talk about him all week, man. Mm. My kids, now the players, they talk about it. He's friends right. with he's friends with a lot of guys in my locker. Right, he comes. Right. He comes here to go party and hang out. Well, not right now. We in the pandemic, but like before right, that, right, right. he would come here and hang out. But like our guys know him. Right. They know each other, so we don't really talk. We don't speak on it. Game day, man. Pre-game, people expect us to be like chit chatting. We don't. We don't go nowhere near each other. Like mm-hmm. I think last year, the official, one of the officials was like, "Isn't isn't one of the guys your son?" I was like, "Yeah," and like he walked by. And he was like, "You not?" And like we kind of did one of them. And just, <laughs> yeah. and they were like, and the ref looked at me and was like, what's wrong with y'all? Yeah. I was like, we can do all that after the game. It's business. Right. You know, it's business right now. And then right. after the game, we, yeah. you know, it's, it's love. Yeah. You know, his freshman year, he had a real good game against us here. And, you know, we didn't speak, we didn't speak, we didn't speak. And after the game, I went, you know, and it, they actually got a picture of it. I gave him a big hug and I was like, man, I'm so proud of you. Like, I, I hate that you did it against us, but yeah. I'm so proud of you. You know what I mean? Right. So, that that's our bond, man. That's that that's that father son bond. Like we we yeah. unbreakable, man. That's 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 my ace right there. Yeah. Okay. Hey, dope, man. Well, my brother, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you uh, taking some time out in your extremely busy schedule as you continuously building your program. Again, <laughs> what an honor I can imagine. Uh, being part of a program as a freshman, starting out uh, as a player, and then starting a brand new program from scratch. You're part of a very elite uh, class of, of, of coaches around this country. Uh, um, so again, I appreciate you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, top 10 all-time rusher, Robert Morris University, uh, head coach of, and bro, you gotta help me with that name of the uh, pronunciation of that school one more time. Alvernia. University. Alvernia University, located where? In Redden, Pennsylvania, baby. Redden, Pennsylvania. Hey, brother, man, promote your school, man. Promote your, your team, what you what you got going on, what you want the folks, because your teammates going to be uh, listening to this. So what you want, what you want, 
your teammates to know. Hey, look here. First of all, I want to get I want to get as many of you guys to come back. It's about you know, hey, we we still family, and I talk to I talk to the team in the locker. I got like five guys out in the hall waiting to talk to me. But you know, it's about brother brotherhood, and you know, um, you know, Don has been here to games. He's spoken to the team, and so first of all, I want to say that as my teammates, y'all come back. We want we want family. We got, you know, I would appreciate it if you guys would pour into into our guys and, and kind of echo some of the things and some of the experiences that we had and what it takes to be successful as a young program. So that's number one. But hey, we're at a small liberal arts university located in, in Redden, Pennsylvania, 45 miles west of Philly. Great education, great academic environment. You're close to, to, to major cities, New Jersey, Philly. You're two hours from D.C., Baltimore, Harrisburg. I live in Lancaster, which is about 30 minutes away which is not all the Amish people. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a city in Lancaster and it's just like being in PG or, or, or Baltimore. And it's a great place to be. Um, phenomenal atmosphere, guys. It's the most supportive place that I've been in my 24 years of coaching. Um, you can't you can't beat it. You know, we got great guys in our locker room, true family environment. And let me tell you something. Our guys, when you come here, you come to work. You're going to be successful. And if it's a mom or a dad, I'm going to treat your son the same way I treat my son which means they're not gonna like it all the time, but it's gonna be worth it. And when you when your young man leaves here, he's gonna be able to function as an adult. And we're gonna win a lot of ball games at, 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 while we at it. Yes, sir. Hey, let me say this, man, as a person who, you know, always looking for a, a good quality road trip, uh, my brother, it would be an honor to come check y'all out and, and, and see what you got. and. Uh, you know that's 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 going to be a fun road trip, and I I know y'all got some good trails out there too. Yeah, so, I gotta uh, pick up brother, some of that gotta stuff get you, you man. My man, again, you with your footwork, I'm telling you, you're built for trail running. Add it to your repertoire, and 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 we go trail running on me when we, when I come visit or you come to Chattanooga, Tennessee. For you sure. would do great on the trails, man. Hey, look, my body ain't what it used to be, Mo. But hey, oh no, so you're right. If, if, if I hit the trails, I gotta get you on a bike, man. Oh, that too. Oh, that's my next thing. I'm, I'm I, oh, bro, remember I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah. This is one of the top outdoor cities in the country, so mountain biking yeah. is big here. So oh, okay, for sure, for sure, bro. Hey, then you put the off out there, and when I hit you up, because I got your number now too. So if oh, I hit for you sure. up, you still, you still got the same number. Your name came. Come from, on, bro. That means my credit good. That means yeah. I, 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 hey, that means hey. your boy is consistent. You're there you go. There you go. Now, that, now, now I got Chattanooga on my list to visit, man. And you got hey. Redden. I live in Lancaster. So Redden and Lancaster, this area. Hey, E-Shot, man. Hey, if y'all don't remember Eric Kendershot, my college roommate. He, we, stay, we stay in contact. He always comes out. He, he's been to multiple games. We connect. So... Let's make it happen. Dunn's been here. Dunn, Dunn's in contact. Oh, yeah. Oh, bro, again, I'm coming. And shout out to Eric Hendershot. Absolutely going to get him as a guest. Uh, I owe him a special thanks. I can't wait to to, to, to do that uh, uh, on the podcast because I owe Eric his family. Uh, uh, e, e, I owe, I owe <laughs> him a special thanks, man. I, I look forward to doing that on the podcast. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my former teammate, Ralph Clark, appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, bro. Have a one. good one, man. Yes, sir. Uh, you too. Be safe. Uh, yes, sir.